is coming down from the gallows and I don't have very Welcome to episode 71 of the UK Steelers podcast. Uh, you're joined as always by me, Sam with Stanley and the three co-hosts, Rich Citron, Dave Hart and Gavin Marshall. How are you doing, guys? Not too bad. Have I been locked down again? Yeah, we're back here again. Nothing else to do but talk Steelers. Yeah. The one benefit being that um, my work's been pushed back so I don't have to feel bad about staying up late watching the game. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a late one. How's it going over there, Rich? Doing well. Doing well, ready for the playoffs. Man, there's some good games coming up this weekend. Yeah, I'm excited. i got to be honest, and I think I do this every year, I kind of hit a lull around week 16 sometimes when a lot of the games start not mattering as much. Um, and then wildcard weekend pulls you in, right? Because there's so many good games. Yeah. yeah, although sometimes some of the games on week 17 are like sort of wildcard wildcards, aren't they? Yeah, they're like, yeah, yeah. They're good games. But yeah, I know what you mean. What do you think about um, the, the Eagles? Well, I did. Eesh, you know, it's not a good look, is it? But I don't know. I, the thing is, I agree with all the takes that are like, you know, the Giants can't be too upset. They won six games. But so I get that. But at the same time, you know, Eagles, come on, be better. Yeah, I, I think the best, the, the the correct team is in the playoffs from that division. If, yes. If, yeah. If, would, if yeah. any team had to go in, it should have been the team that did the team with no name. Yeah, team. Yeah, perfectly represents team. that division. Yeah, team is yeah. it. Uh, Dave, you vibed? Yeah, I'm good, man. The playoffs, man. We won the AFC North. What's what's to be said about? It? We're in lockdown, but screw it. We're doing we're in the playoffs. So be happy, everyone. <laughs> be happy. Yeah, you notice that we didn't play the sad music despite our loss. This was agreed prior to the show. There was some dissent from certain corners of the this, this show, but um, we decided just to stick with Renegade. Um, despite we're well, not neutral. Pump hype up music. It's a hype tune, right? So going into the playoffs, I think it's apt. <laughs> um, we're going to get into this game. We're going to blend kind of the the review and the preview together this week because it's the same team. We're playing the Browns, um, so we'll kind of talk about both those things at once. Maybe this will be the elusive forty minute episode I've been promising. Uh, I wouldn't hold your breath. Um, but we'll start by talking about the Week Seventeen game. Obviously, we played a lot of our backups. The Mason Rudolph led Steelers were halted just short of a roaring comeback versus the Browns. Uh, meaning that we will be positioned to play them again next week as the sixth seed. Um, they will be the sixth seed, that is. We'll be the third seed in the AFC. Um, what, what do you kind of make of this game overall? I mean, I'd given up, as always. I called it in the third quarter, I think, when they when they scored the second touchdown in quick succession after the Mason interception. Um, way too early. I, I, I thought at the time way too early. Well, you see, calling but games early is my specialty, Kev. So. Right. <laughs> well, I think maybe you could trigger the comeback. You know, maybe I think I did, but yeah, yeah just kind of literally, yeah. But um, I don't know. Maybe yeah, maybe the rallying cry for the comeback is your dodgy tweet. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Stay um, tuned, fans. I just wonder what the, the big takeaways are from this game. I mean, the, the, the most obvious one is Mason, right? And for me, it was almost a kind of a frustrating game because the stats end up looking okay, but it was. You know, he still annoyed me early. Um, he didn't really get going until late, and then he kind of looked great and and showed a lot of the things that we've almost missed with Ben for a lot of the season, right? With some of these deep shots and and being accurate on deep throws, and but then also he has some of these you know silly decisions like the interception. So 
I don't know. Again, so it just left to, me. It's so much to unpack here. Yeah. Isn't it? I don't know where you want to go with it. Um, I mean, you could talk about where it goes into into the playoffs, or you could talk about it from from Mason's progression, or well, from or, Mason's or, point of view. I mean, I, hopefully, hopefully, we don't have to see Mason again right, <laughs> this this year because that would suggest that you know Ben's. Well, been... I, yeah, I mean, yeah, so you're right. I I I, I agree, but I thought maybe I'm, I'm I'm blowing the lead here a little bit and saying it's too early. But I think you could you could bring him in on Hail Marys, or even just hmm. you know at the end of a half, because because what what I've seen is that he can he's got. You know he's got arm strength, and from a clean pocket, which is what you get on a hail mary generally, because you're in the other the defense are in the defense are in prevent. From a clean pocket, from a clean pocket, he can throw a pretty pretty nice deep ball. So yeah. I don't know. Do you, do you bring him in and you don't risk Ben getting hurt before the end of the half if you need to win? You know you want to do some roll the dice like that in one of these playoff games. It's bit an option. A, bit of a Jacoby Brissett situation. I I just don't see Ben being the guy that would accept that. <laughs> you know. Hmm. Well, this this is the other interesting point. Is what do you, what do you think? What we saw, what does it show? Did mm. what were we watching? Were we watching? So there's one argument that we were watching a Matt Canada offense with with you know he was unleashed, right? That's that's one theory. The other theory is that we saw the Randy Finkner offense without Ben, without the limitations of, of Ben from his comeback from injury. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I don't know what whether you t- we certainly saw more Matt Canada on the TV. I don't know if that means anything. <laughs> You know, we haven't seen a lot of Matt Canada on the, on the broadcast, but we saw him this week, and I, I don't know. It, it's difficult to know because if it's if it's if it's just Matt Canada, then that's interesting. Um, but then if it's if it was Randy without Ben, then 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 the, the playbook's been right all along, and the play calls have been right all along, and the deep shots have been there all along. But the problem's been Ben, and he's not not wanting to risk taking those deep shots because I mean we saw it at the end of the fourth quarter. I mean, how many deep shots? How many? Deep, you know, we had four, and, and the, the the fourth down one was a butte. You know, he missed the first three, but that fourth one was there, and we've just not seen anything like that. So I don't know what you guys think about that. What do you think? I know Dave's probably still far Randy, and <laughs> I, I mean, I am. I, I'm not sure where I sort of land on who's who was calling the shots. It'd be interesting to know who was, but um, yeah, we, I think we did see a bit more of the of the Matt Canada side of it. But I'd imagine he's probably still got his hand in the in the pie. Is that, is that the right saying? He got his hand in, in the in the pot a little bit but um i don't know I, I think as far as sort of mason's um involvement in it i don't I, i'm not sure what we can learn about mason from this game i mean there was there was an obvious progression from him i think he's he's improved i mean i think uh gav went on for quite a while about his sort of issues with mechanics and things but he's he seems to have as far as i've seen sorted it out i don't know if if anyone else has seen anything that's sort of a concern about from a mechanics point of view, but yeah, he was he was throwing some nice, nice deep shots out there, and maybe maybe it would be an option to sort of give him that opportunity. But you could say the same thing for for Dobbs as well. I thought Dobbs, well, I was kind of disappointed that Dobbs wasn't more heavily involved. He's got he's got a decent arm. You look back through the tape, he's got a decent arm. He, he can throw, maybe not as a as bigger arm as as Mason's got, but it's he's he's, he's accurate and he's he's calm. And cool, which I like about him. But um, but yeah, I was disappointed that there wasn't more sort of creativity. There was sort of, I, I got the feeling they were sort of told go and work something out, try and try out something new, see what works. You know, throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. And I'm not sure they threw enough at the wall, really. Sorry, I've just unloaded on your wall there a little bit. Yeah, you kind of zigzagged across all three Sorry. points I said and two future points I've got to hit. So, uh, pinball wizard strikes. Um, I, I don't know where to reply. Yes, uh, Rich? 
you know, I thought there was a, a definite improvement with Rudolph from last year. Uh, most, most of, with most of his uh, attributes. The one thing, you know, he, he does throw a beautiful deep pass. He was four of eight uh, with passes 20 yards or more down the field. And that's better than Ben's done in any game this season. Um, so he, he does have, right now, he throws a nicer deep pass than Ben, a more accurate deep pass than Ben. There's no doubt about it. But, the, you know, the thing that still has been his bugaboo is he, he he lacks that poise in the pocket. He doesn't have good pocket presence. And then when he gets rattled from the pressure, he doesn't always make good decisions with the ball. You know, as good as well as he played, and he, he I thought he overall played a good game. That interception cost us the game in the end. You know, so I think that's what you that's what you fear having him spot play against the Browns, you know, when we need a deep pass, because it is that it is that chance that he is going to get rattled. He is going to make a mistake that Ben wouldn't have made and, you know, throw an interceptions or, or you know, or, 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 you know, get sacked and fumble the ball or whatever. But I, I did see an improvement with him uh, for sure, which was nice to see. Um, Dave brought up Dobbs. I, I thought it was brilliant injecting Dobbs into the offense like that because not only did, did it really help us in the running game, but now whether we use him or not, in this playoff game, the Browns have to prepare for him. Yeah. So that that's yeah. time taken away from them doing other things that they're going to have to spend preparing for Dobbs. So I really a brilliant move, whoever it was that come up with that Fickner, whoever really, really smart, good. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's a great move. Um, so, you know, um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens with, with Rudolph in the future, but I, you know, I, it was nice to see him improve, though. It was, you know, it really was. Is it, has anyone's mind been changed by this game? Does anybody? Where, where does everybody see him now? Are we all still? Kind of, are we still in a career backup place? Is he a development? Who are we talking about? Mason. 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 I think. I think he made a case that he could be a backup. Definitely. Hmm. In terms of what I saw, I, I thought what's improved were the dump offs and checkdowns a lot better. Yeah. I thought he was surveying the field a little bit better. I thought the mechanics through progressions were better. So that was one of my main problems last year is that if, if he was throwing to his first read, he, he looked sweet, man. His, his, his mechanics were really nice. As soon as he, his head had to turn and he had to look somewhere else, it all, all fell apart. And if he had to roll out of the pocket, it all fell apart. That, that looked a lot better. His, his mechanics were consistent through, through onto some of his second reads and particularly on when he was escaping from the pocket which, which, which he was sometimes doing too early, like he didn't need to. He should have thrown it earlier. But when he did escape and he was on the move and he threw it, the actual throw, the throw itself was good. So that was an improvement. Um, he, led, he led some of the passes across the middle. He led the receiver rather through at them and behind them like we saw so often. So, that, so his anticipation, his timing of his throws was better, I thought. Um, yeah, so again, he, he reestablished himself, his platform on, on rollout. So before when he was running, he was just running and throwing. Whereas we saw on the, the, the end zone one, the one that was uh, incomplete, Jay Wash dropped it, which was weird. Um, and then again on the one to Juju when Deja, uh, when Claypool was double covered, he, he he rolled out and then reset his platform to throw, and he he didn't he wasn't doing that at all. So that was a massive improvement. Um, and, and just he looked he he just looked good from a clean pocket. So if you can keep him clean, then he's great. But as soon as there's pressure in his face or he's not sure what he's seeing, he, he's in big trouble. So I, I don't think I'm not sure how much he can improve on that really i don't know it's a tricky one yeah so th this is where i struggle with 
consider some people still consider him like the, the the developmental starter right and the future starter after Ben. And this is where I struggle with this because as much as he improves and the things you've said, it, you, I just feel these kinds of quarterbacks because you see them right. You know, I'm thinking like a Kirk Cousins, kind of a, a Nick Foles not in the playoffs with the Eagles. Like a, a guy who can be do so many things right, but when he gets kind of skittish in the pocket, sometimes he kind of makes mistakes or he throws a stupid interception. These these are the kind of guys that hold good teams back from being great. Yeah, um, exactly. But that's kind his of how I see is him. A, is a, yeah. His ceiling is too low at the moment. I mean, the sack that yeah. I mean, not the sack, the pick that Rich mentioned that was, you know, that was completely on him. And, and, then, the and then the sack, yeah, the sack. The sacks, I mean, it was partly on Chucks. He's, he he oh, yeah, blew yeah. that block massively. But he had Snell and Juju wide open in the flats, right? I mean, he had he could have gone either way, and probably to um, Snell because there was there was uh, people rushing him from the side that Juju was on. But you know, he took the sack and he shouldn't have done. So you know, I, I, there's there's things to like. He's progressing. Is he progressing fast enough? Is he going to be a viable backup by the time he's going to be hitting you know a second contract? I mean, maybe it works out in the Steelers' favour. No one's interested in him. They can get him on a cheap deal and stick around and, and keep developing. Maybe it'll work out. But I don't think we're looking at a Mason Rudolph breakout at any point in the next couple of years where, you know, teams are coming sniffing around for him. Yeah. And I don't mind him as the backup, you know. I don't hate that. Um, no. A guy with a little bit of potential, you know, who can spot start. You know, we've, I know he didn't play well last year, but we've seen him win games. So, I mean, what do you want from a backup? It's going to be hard to get a guy like, you know, like Nick Foles did in for the Eagles, right? He's going to go win your Super Bowl. So... Yeah, you know, I don't hate it, especially if he comes cheap. We'll see where we are in a couple of years. But that's that's a problem for another day. And and like Dave said, I, I love the, the Dobbs stuff. I hope we see more of that. I hope he becomes our sort of little Taysom Hill. Uh, and Tomlin did say yeah. that he's going to... Or he's considering dressing three quarterbacks for the playoffs as well, which we don't... I, th- I think that would be wise to deploy the Definitely. scientists, man. I mean, that that is... We, you know, it's just in the red zone. From the from the 40 yards in to the brown... You know, to, towards the Browns end zone, he was, he was in on a, a couple of first downs, second downs... Third downs. I mean, you know, just just sprinkle a bit of that in. That you know, that that the red zone offense, the red zone running game, the third and ones, fourth and ones. You know, short yardage situations, all been terrible pretty much. So having Dobbs there, even if it's only a couple of plays, that will bring a new element in. But you know, the, what we've been saying that the, that that part of the offense is too narrow. So let's have some versatility, and Dobbs Dobbs will bring that. I mean, I'd rather have Dobbs active than you know four running backs and a fullback or whatever. Let's yeah. just sit one of those guys. I mean. How much you know? You put a hair between Snell, McFarlane, and and Samuels. They've all got roles, but none of them are sort of key players. Let's let's. I, I think that the threat of Dobbs brings more than than each one of those. Yep, I totally agree. You know what? You know what? I I love. It's not as a sort of a. There was a couple of plays that Dobbs was involved in that I've I've been a Dobbs fan since he joined the team. I loved his sort of. I loved how cool headed he was, even though he was. He's almost the opposite in in terms of his cool-headedness to Mason. Like Even when things are in his face and it's going incredibly wrong for him, he doesn't really look like he's that flustered. Um, I mean, there was, a, there was one play, I think it was in the third quarter, um, where he, he rolled out and the, the play much broke down. I think it was a... I can't remember who it was. Someone chased him down and, and got a hold of him. And rather than panicking or taking a sack, he just tossed it up to as a sort of a half-chance pass. But it, it was it was catchable, but... It was you know, towards the sticks, and it, it was that sort of cool-headedness that's come with experience. You know, he's been in the league for how many years now? Three years, four years, I think it is. But um, but yeah, I, I love that cool-headedness about him. I think it's a, it's a great trait that not 
Yeah, and that was that was on first, I know I know the play you're talking about. That was uh, on first and ten from the, on the Browns thirty six, the read option, and he, he yeah. threw away under pressure, right? But yeah. that's exactly it. First and ten doesn't matter. He can do that. Yeah. It's absolutely fine. And it could have worked out. And could have got you know every time one of those read option worked, he was getting first down, yeah. or you know the running back was taking some serious yardage. So it's uh, I, I, I'm I'm a big fan. It's probably the best our winning game has looked for quite a while, right? <laughs> With Dobbs in in there. Yeah, but I think the the combination of Dobbs and also the Mason deep ball, by the end, the, the Browns were pegged back, and you know we saw a couple of like decent runs towards the end. You know, they couldn't suddenly they couldn't just stack the box against us. So uh, yeah, it was it was it was good to see that at the end. So Ben got a week of rest. Um, you think that's going to benefit him next week? Now we can stop complaining that we're all too tired. Yeah, who's been complaining? Uh, everyone on this team. <laughs> <laughs> so that yeah, came, I mean, that it, came well, across a bit flippant. <laughs> it's just been a tough year, right? So it's you in your bedroom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's barely stood up in three weeks. With a kilogram bag of nuts. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. You know, it, it, this team's been unlucky, and, and and the COVID thing struck again, right? The Browns now yeah, coming yeah. down with COVID. Stavansky maybe not available or whatever, not able to go. Did he give it to Tomlin when he shook hands? Uh, strikes again. They just this why why is it the Steelers have just been cursed with this all year? I mean you could argue, you know, it's better than any of the Steelers having a major breakout, but it does seem weird. Yeah, it seems like it's been our schedule, right? Just co COVID team, COVID team, COVID team. But you gotta give uh, uh, like props to the Steelers as well for never yeah. Never contracting it in any way, or having any—I mean, touch wood, whatever—that it doesn't happen now. But um, you know, as we see how other organisations have handled this, or the Steelers seem to have had this under control, along with a few others. Hmm. I think we said, didn't we? That in this COVID season, it's going to come down to who handles this pandemic better than others, and it's definitely been a factor. Yeah. Well, they did—they uh, did have a little hiccup. Um, you know, it looks like Hayden's going to. Hayden's probably miss. missed the game. Yeah, yeah. They, I, from what I heard was Hayden, Marsh, and Ebron all got together and and had like a play date or something with their children. I, I mean, thought, I thought it was just I thought it was just them. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like all season you guys have done a great job. Like Gavin said, it's always been the other team. We we just had some bad luck that we we've had these guys on the schedule. But now you get to the playoffs. You like you, you've been so strong the whole the whole uh, season with your resilience, and now you get to the playoffs, and now you do something like that. Like, come mm -hmm. on, yeah. you know that just is really disappointing to hear. Yeah, I, I think Hayden is, you know, one of the most. Imp I've been saying this for a long time. I think Hayden's one of the most important pieces that we have. Although maybe we can argue not with Cam Sutton, but we'll get to that in a bit. Is Ebron going to be? Out for the playoff game as well? I, I think so. I think Ish. all three of them. I, I'm not 100% sure, but I think all three of them might be out. Yeah, so. Well, let, let's hope uh, that doesn't cost us too dearly in the, with the Browns and we can we can get them back after that. But, yeah, that that is a tough break. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, there's some, some players returning, right? Spillane. Yeah, Evans, we got a lot of guys coming back. back. Yeah, Spillane, Filer should be back. Um, hopefully, Boz will be back as well. Um, mm. Yeah, I think Spillane's going to be the big one. Um, yeah, it's just going to be. I silly. agree. Uh, I, I, I get a little bit sick of watching um, Marcus Allen and Avery Williamson. <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't know. I want to see Vince and uh, Spillane joined at the hip again. Yeah. 
gum shoes. Yeah, exactly. We've we've jumped all over the place a little bit, but <laughs> we have. <laughs> well, you did say we were going to do that. So. <laughs> you know, have you really answered my question about why? Uh... <laughs> Why? Um, what you thought about whether it was Matt Canada or Randy, and what, what does it does? Do you think what we saw implies that um, these 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 deep shots have always been built into the office, but offense, but um, Ben's not been taking the shot. Well, I tactfully avoided the question because I didn't know the answer and didn't want to look stupid for calling Randy Fitchner out all year. Right. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, I I think that's you know <clears throat> all along, you know. Uh, I've thought that there's been an issue with Ben, um, not with his arm, but upstairs as far as, you know, what he feels is the best way to move this offense. And and not that I'm a huge fan of, of Fickner's, but I, I think in, in this case, I think it is more on Ben. I mean, we don't know for sure, but I think, you know, we got a little more evidence to the fact that maybe it is just based on what Rudolph did. I don't think they're going to change their offense dramatically you know, for, for Rudolph, uh, I'm sure they're going to change some things for whatever, you know, to do more things than what he feels comfortable with. And that's probably one thing that he does feel comfortable with is the deep ball, you know, but, you know, I, I kind of think it is more on Ben. I mean, I, I, I think he just, he, he felt like he ha- knew how to move this offense and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if Fickner, you know, it's just a tough situation because, Look, when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback <clears throat> that's experienced, he it gets to the point where he, you know, you 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 have so much respect for the for the guy as a member of the staff, right? Especially if you're not a big offensive coordinator yourself, you're not a big name, is what I mean. That you you let them get away with things that you wouldn't let other guys get away with. You know, and this can sometimes hurt a team like, oh, you don't want to practice on Thursdays, Ben. No problem. You don't practice on Thursdays. It's OK. Oh, you don't like running play action, Ben. Yeah, don't worry about it. We're not going to run play action. You know, you don't you don't feel the deep ball. You don't feel like you're accurate with the deep ball as much anymore. No problem. We won't we won't you know throw the deep ball. You know, it's it's just that it gets to a point where, you know, it, it can almost hurt your team when a when a guy it gets that big at the quarterback position where he he starts dictating things, you know. And it could turn out really great for you if he if he's able to if he's able to uh, to do well. But it could be you know it could bite you in the rear end too if he doesn't, you know, because they let they let Ben get away with a lot of stuff. Needless to say, which you know you could you could argue, yeah, he deserves for what he's done for the team in the past. But it's a it's a dual edged sword. You know, it it can bite you too. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to know, isn't it? I mean, you know, we I, I don't I don't remember. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember ever seeing the Steelers run read option, and and there they were, this this game running it. I don't know five six times successfully. Well, and you know, doing the doing the option shovel in the middle as well. You know that like adding an extra wrinkle to it. You know, he, yeah. these guys can drop plays. They can call plays at the right time. So I'm starting to lean towards that it's not so much Randy, unless you think it's Matt Canada was given more of a, let's see what Matt can do. And he brought in his kind of, you know, air raid kind of system or whatever it is he does from college. Uh, Go on. I'm sorry. Look at the quarterback sneak. You know, all these years I'm like, why doesn't Haley have a quarterback sneak in his playbook? Why doesn't Fiegner have a quarterback? No. I don't think that's what it was. I, you know, you have a, you have a, you have a six foot five, you know, two hundred and forty pound quarterback, and you have a foot to go, and it's second down. Like, and you don't make it, you don't make it with your running back, and you have a foot to go, and it's third down. Right? 
what the heck, man? He could fall forward and get the first down, but you never see it. You never mm-hmm. see it. And you know what I believe the reason is now? I don't think Ben likes to run it. Yeah. Didn't, he, didn't he get hurt running one early in his career? Uh, he may I think have. I think, I think he, he did, and then he's never run one again since. So whether it was a, a management, you know, ownership or Ben decision, someone made that call because, yeah, yeah. never run yeah, it again. But this, this is the problem. This is what we're talking about. They, they don't have any any plays, or they haven't had up until this point, any plays that just get free yardage, like exploit. You know, we need three yards. Let's just do that play. Let's, let's, let's just do that because that will get us three yards. Like the sneak or the, you know, not that gets free yard, but, you know, like the read option or, you know, they've tried the wildcat stuff, but that's not worked. Um, so, you know, it's a lot of, like the Chiefs and all these other things, they can, they can get three yards if they want three yards. But it's just not in the Steelers' resume at the moment, apart from what we saw with Dobbs. So deploy the scientist. That's what I'm saying. That will give give the Steelers somewhere else to go in, in short yardage or red zone situations where they're desperate for those yards to you know extend the drive or whatever. Move the how, sticks. How do we think Ben's going to feel about giving up time to, to Dobbs, giving up snaps to him? I mean... Obviously, he's his best mate at the moment, calling, you know, helping him out with going through tape and stuff. But is he going to be happy with giving up? Not that it's going to happen necessarily, but how is he going to feel about giving up snaps to to Dobbs just to try out speed options and things? Well, I mean, we see Rivers do it to preset. I see we see Breeze do it. I think, I think, you know, he'd he'd be he'd he'd be wise to look around the league and think, well, if this gets us to the Super Bowl, let's do it. I think. Mm-mm. Well, they've done it in the past. Um, you know, with Le'Veon Bell, um, you know, they, they, um, geez, I'm, I'm drawing a blank for the name of the, uh, the personnel grouping. Wildcat. Um, Wildcat. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, they've done it in the past with the Wildcat, you know, and it hasn't been a problem. So I would hope that Ben would be in, in favor, you know, of whatever's best for the team. Yeah. Yeah. I'd hope so. Well, the let's talk about the receivers. Um, I was I was pleased to see Claypool kind of reintroduced. Um, as reintroduced a, as a Jesus, that's some reintroduction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Right. Someone's feeling. Uh... Oh, I'm feeling Claypool, man. You not think he had like, the, the best game of the year? It was amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, he he because after like a bit of a, a a late season lull, kind of in usage and in, in, in a couple of like issues with performance right in the middle of the season i feel like he's kind of just shown again shown everyone why he's just a, a legitimate monster a matchup nightmare a guy who you know especially with like contested catches you know you see what he does in the end zone it's, it's insane right so uh, this was very good i think to get him rolling just prior to the the playoffs um get him back to where he needs to be again i, I think He's he's they've they've been trying to find ways to get him into the game because he's not been able to be used in the way that he's supposed to be used, which yeah. is the way that we saw Mason fight. He was Mason's first read on all those deep shots. He's just he's just you know Claypool's got an excellent release, bombing down the sideline. Mason's doing a couple of steps drop and just bombs it to him, and you know he's one on one. So that that's perfect. I mean. Well, he's 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 progressing well ahead of where we all thought he was going to be. I thought, but that yeah. what I thought that was his best game of the year. I mean, tell me I'm wrong. He seems to be doing impressions of every other receiver. He's doing impression of himself with the deep shots and sort of DJ mid range, and then fighting for yards like Juju does. He's trying to be every man at once. Yeah, he's a, he's a complete receiver. Um, mm. I just I just like I say I, I hope Ben can continue to utilize it, but at least you know that people have to respect it now. And you saw the Browns do that. The Browns were struggling. 
Um, and that yeah. opens stuff up a little bit. So hope to see more of that in the playoffs. Um, While we're on Claypool, yeah. I noticed um, uh, PFF, my favourite uh, place for information, uh, they did, uh, what's this piece called? They ranked the top 25 rookies, um, which we'll get back to you know when we go into the draft stuff. But they have Claypool at number 14. And they have Highsmith at number 16. Not bad, I think. Not bad. And Claypool didn't make the all-rookie team. Yeah, crazy. How many oh, yeah. How many people are above him that you would say that's ridiculous? <laughs> uh, they've tried to keep some defenders above just so it's not all offense. Uh, in terms of receivers, Jefferson's Jefferson, number yeah. one. Yeah. Hard to disagree. Then Ayuk, then Higgins. Hmm. So he's the fourth receiver. CD Lamb just after him. So CD Lamb's between. He's definitely Ray had a better season than CD Lamb, but yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I suppose it's hard. I like I like what I see out of T Higgins. I would say those two are kind of in a similar position, maybe. But um... yeah. Higgins, they got nine. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, maybe a bit high. I don't know. Anyway, what they say here though is it's some interesting stats. So they've got uh, Claypool opened his rookie year with a few huge games and closed out the regular season with another big one. The 49th overall pick produced an 82.7 PFF grade in his first four games with 3.53 yards run per route. There was a bit of a mid-season lull, but Claypool, Claypool rebounded against the Browns in Week 17 with a Mason Rudolph and the balls. He recorded an 89.1 PFF grade. That is high. And hauled in a couple of deep balls. Claypool actually saw more deep targets than anyone in the NFL, including plays nullified by penalty. He may have ranked only 11th in total deep receiving yards, 347, but Claypool drew two, two more DPIs on deep targets than anyone else in the league. Seven. Yeah, could have told you that. That was a tactic, right? Yeah, the latter is the second most we've recorded in the past decade. Wow. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. That's how they're going to use know. him. Um, other receivers, you saw Juju um, ended the season on a positive note as well. Six for 65 and a touchdown. He looked... He looked good. I liked his little dance up the sideline. That, that's yeah. classic Juju, <laughs> fighting for extra yards. I like it. Um, he's an important dude, man. And we saw Vance and, and Connor get more involved with the passing game, seeing as Ebron was out as well. Um, DJ had a big game as well, right? But Mike Tomlin had uh, had uh, something very interesting to say when asked when Matt Caboli of uh, The Athletic asked about uh, DJ after the game and talked a little bit about um, you know why is it that he's come back from the, the lull he was in when he was benched? If we can, um, going to the single elimination tournament on the upswing and, you know, there are ups and downs over the course of the season and sometimes you're not afforded that opportunity. You don't get do-overs. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, the tape is our tape and it is ours. It is our walking, talking, breathing resume. Um, it's not about what we say. It's about what we do. And uh, through it all, I think he understands that and and he has not run away from that. And I think that's why um, his play is moving in the direction that is moving. Answers all my DJ questions. It's <laughs> a <laughs> so lesson in how to, how to use a thousand words to just go, yeah, yeah. Wow. It's <laughs> yeah. amazing. Um, Mike, has a, Mike has a future in politics, I think. <laughs> Philly Buster, yeah, get him up there. Oh, man. <laughs> it, it, so good. So It's almost like he forgot he was, what he was talking about for like 40 seconds. <laughs> just yeah, started just like to repeat. Phil's random air with uh, one of my catchphrases. <laughs> yeah. It's our living, talking, breathing resume. Love it. That's how the game goes. Uh, but yeah, but DJ did have a good game. <laughs> he ended up on uh, 
96 yards, cut three of his four targets. So again, but I thought him and Claypool were, were options for deep balls as well, which, um, you know, it's kind of weird, right, with Ben not, not throwing these deep balls. It feels like we have the perfect receivers for that kind of offense. So, yeah, that kind of, you know, it, it's outside of Kansas is probably the, the best receiving core for that kind of that kind of play style. So, yeah, that that last the last the the, the touchdown that Johnson got, I, I wasn't expecting him to come up with that ball. No, I don't know about you guys. What a catch! Yeah, so as Dave's always said, you know, he makes the, the easy plays stuff. look difficult, and yeah, and the, the instinctive stuff, he just does it. Mm. Yeah. It's a great great throw too. It was, yeah. I mean, dropped it right there, and good coverage. I mean, everything. Everybody did did a good job in that in that play, really. But uh, Chick Claypool was a little better. So, who are you starting in the playoffs at, at wide receiver? I'm just rotating around. Yeah, I'm going always. All, yeah. all four. Yeah, I think you got to keep keep Washington in. Although we did see these um his lobster hands let him down, didn't they? It's rare for him. He, you know, usually expect if the ball's within range, within his catch radius, he usually holds it in. But that one got away from him. Can we add lobster hands to the Swiss Army man? Is is that a thing? <laughs> lobster hands? I've heard this one before. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard calling call a dustpan a spade, but I've not heard of uh, lobster hands. Okay. Well, yeah. well he, he, you know, he's got strong hands, hasn't he? He can grab anything. <laughs> He's got farmer hands, yeah. He's got good, strong farmer hands. But um, hands, is it, hands. Are, you, are you thinking of crocodile hands? Because that's a bit of a no, no. I'm bit. definitely thinking of lobster hands. Yeah. But don't lobsters have just, claws? I, just, I didn't want to. I didn't want to point this out. They have claws, but you know if, if they're really strong, and they can you know just lock in on a, a target and clamp it really tight. That's right. right, right. I see. Yeah, that's a, that's out on that one. I wouldn't want a lobster catching balls for this team. I've got to be honest. I just don't think it would do well. Right, or do we want a Swiss Army man out there? I'm not really sure. I'm not even sure what a Swiss Army man is. <laughs> but they With have the conscription in, 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 in Switzerland. So everyone's a Swiss Army man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Anyway, we, we veer in violently off topic now. Um, <laughs> the, the running backs were rotating. I mean, there's not much more to say on this because it's been the same that it's been for a long time. They did a bit of rotating. James Conner still got the majority of the snaps, but um, maybe, maybe he looked a tad better. Um, in 37 on nine carries, James Conner did about four yards. Then I had a bit more success. I don't a know bit, if it, yeah, was, a bit more it success. down to them much. It was yeah. just what was that? What, what, what the blocking? It was in front of them, and the you know McFarlane had his nice run out of the read option. That mm-hmm. you know finally got some yardage. Yeah, so that's something. Would you change anything in the place? This feels to me like we've we've almost given up on the run game. So yeah. I mean, only what I said before about deploy the scientist. I yeah. Think. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the it did open up a little bit. I mean, you notice, you, you know, you throw a long touchdown pass and things are going to start to open up. Oh, yeah. If you have no threat of that, then the def- it's easy for the defense. And it did. It opened up after that Johnson pass. Things opened up much better. So I think, you know, that certainly is part of it. If we can prove that we can do that more consistently. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as a part of that, the O-line... Uh, I'm hearing a lot of buzz about this. I'm interested what 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 you think of this, Rich, because you've you've been critical of um, Chucks a lot this season. But I'm hearing a lot of buzz this week about um, both tackles, Chucks and and Villanueva, um, having pretty stinky games. I mean, Villanueva, I didn't think he had a stinky game. I mean, did he give up a sack to Garrett at all? Uh, no, no, we only allowed one sack, and that was Chucks. Right? 
Yeah, and, and yeah. I mean, think about the year Villanueva has had. He gave up one sack all year. Mm. One sack. And the thing about this guy, too, he hasn't missed a snap in, I don't know, what, four or five seasons? He has not missed one snap. And he has the act, longest active um, streak of not missing a, a, a snap in, in, in football. I mean, the guy's, you know, he's he's quietly pretty valuable. I mean, he's not a great run blocker. We, we know that. But as a pre- pass protector, I mean, he does a really great job. So I don't think he's in the Chucks category by any means. He's he's a better run blocker, you know, and and he's a better pass protector. Chucks is just, I don't know, I, I you know. I agree with what uh, I don't know which one of which one of you guys said it, Simon, Dave or Gavin. I'm not sure. But somebody said, you know, when, when Fyler comes back, you move him the right tackle and you keep dots in there. I mean, that mm-hmm. to me, that's the way to go. That is your best chance at, at a, having a, uh, an effective offensive line, in my opinion. You know, mm-hmm. so, yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty of problems there still. I mean, you, I mean, we saw it. And you know, and you got to give the back some some responsibility too, because you know there's they're still missing holes. Yeah. You know, there was there's not great holes there sometimes, but they're still missing them. And I think what happens is when you have a problem like this that doesn't get addressed, you know, and it and it, it keeps happening and keeps happening, people start wanting to fix it themselves. You know, if you're in a competitive person and you're a great athlete, you feel like, you know what, I'm going to I'm just going to do what I can to get what I can. I'm just, you know, it's not the holes aren't there, so I'm just going to do whatever. And so I think you get in that line of thinking and sometimes you you're going to miss holes because you don't have the patience for them to, to develop. And, you know, you feel like, oh, it's not going to be there. So I'm going to jump to the outside. You know, Connor did that once or twice in the game. You know, he had there was something there. It wasn't much, but there was something there and he just just darted right to the outside and you know loss or no gain so i think you got to put some of it on the backs as well yeah how, how do you guys feel about with um ray ray being used in all these jet sweeps i I'm, i know that the whole idea of jet sweep is to get to the outside as fast as possible but when you look back at the tape there's a number of times i think it was probably about three or four times on each one there's usually a massive hole that he could have just rerouted through Am I, am I missing a, a point in maybe this is not the, the done thing or maybe something would have it would have caused something else in doing that but surely sticking your foot in the ground and changing direction slightly he's pretty much run straight into heavy traffic each time so no, I mean I mean that's you see Tyreek Hill do that and and that's why Tyreek Hill is you know talked about in such high regard and and Ray Ray is dumped down on onto waivers you know they've 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 created that role for him and, and Claypool but that's that's not an easy skill what you're talking about there you're going at full speed you take your hand off you've got to you know pick a pick a gap and turn and and, and make that turn you know there's there's only so many Tyreek Hills in the league that can do that kind of thing um, yeah. yeah it'd be nice to it would be very nice to have a piece like that but um. I mean, maybe they'll look for another receiver. If we do lose Juju, maybe they'll look for, you know, kind of Paris Campbell type in the draft that they can kind of get someone to do that kind of stuff. Because I don't think there's anyone on the team. Ray Ray's probably the closest to it. Or DJ maybe, but he's he's you know, proved unreliable with situations like that. So they've kind of gone away from that a bit, haven't they? Mm. It, it just felt a bit like he was just following following the plan of it rather than sort of like following blocks that weren't really working. And then I think there was a couple of the times when uh, well, I remember there's one that McFarlane completely, completely missed his block. 
it might have been on a Dobbs one actually. I can't remember exactly what it was now. But um, but yeah, just sort of the holes there, and if you'd have just read it a little bit better, maybe you could have moved through it. But like you say, maybe I'm overestimating a guy that's not Tyreek Hill. Mm. Well, yeah. Just coming coming back to the Big Al point, I, I've seen quite a few people um, criticising Big Al after this game. I, I I don't see it myself. I mean, he's going up against one of the best, you know, pass rushing defensive ends in the league, and you're giving him giving a hard time. No, I, I, I don't get that. You know, yes, he's not you know the best tackle, not not the best ta- left tackle in the league, but he's solid and he's consistent, as Rich said. So I think let's let's cut the guy some slack when he's having a tough day. I think. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm seeing a lot of people saying that we're going to be drafting his replacement in the first round of this draft. What do you think? I think. I think. Look. Look to the other side. I think. Look. Let's, let's draft a right tackle first. <laughs> well, they, they might be saying that because there's a chance we lose him. He's gone. Yeah. Though. Yeah. 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 Unrestricted free agent left tackle who's like you say. Start. He's got the longest starting streak uh, of snaps in the NFL. Yeah. Probably going to draw some interest, right? Yeah. So. We may have yeah. to be prepared for that day to come. Oh. Now, it's definitely an area of lead. I mean, yeah. tackle and guard yeah. and centre. I mean, it's all it's all there. I wouldn't surprise, be surprised if they double dipped. Yeah, absolutely. You know, maybe we can get a steal like we did with Dotson because that dude looks like a a gem in the fourth round. Oh, making a difference, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Mm. I've kind of seen a lot of people point out right now that this the Steelers draft might be kind of legendary when you look back at it. I mean, if you if you consider Minka the first round pick, which he basically is, right? Then you've got Claypool. Uh, Dotson, uh, who's the third round pick? Sorry, uh, Highsmith. Highsmith. So, I mean, that's yeah. that's great return in year one. Yeah, really good. Um, no, I've I've actually pulled out now before we move on to the defense. The end of year, end of season stats for the offense. Now, has anyone else got these in front of them? Because if not, we can play a closest no. to the pin game. Oh, go on! I haven't got them in front of me. Okay. <laughs> I'm not. So, good. I'm never good at this. So lose. we'll just do a couple, just just you know, not to drag it out. So obviously James Conner's the leading rusher. Anyone want to guess his total yardage total? Oh, oh. oh probably under a thousand, isn't it? I thought. Oh, definitely under a thousand. To- total yardage. To- to- or- uh, sorry, total rushing yards. Total rushing yards. Total rushing yards. I'll go six fifty. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna say five, five uh, eighty. Five eighty for Rich. Six fifty for Gav. Dave. I'm going to go 500, I'm going to go for the middle, go un- underneath. Okay, well you've all undershot it actually, James Conner has 721 rushing yards on 169 attempts with a 4.3 average, so who guessed the highest, Rich? May, no, may I give okay. myself a point? Okay, um, The obviously our lean receiver was... Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say DJ. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was DJ. I don't want to see if anybody uh, went Claypool. Um, you want to guess his yardage total? Oh, we first last time. Someone else go. Ah, uh, did he get a thousand? I think he may have gotten a thousand yards. I don't think he did. No, I don't know. I'm just going to say a thousand, even. I'm going to go because he's not gone for many yards. He's had a lot, a hell of a lot of targets and. Quite a few receptions, but not that many yards apart from in week seventeen. I'll go. Um, let's say. Let's go eight seventy. Eight seventy. I was going. I was going to say eight fifty, but I think that's a bit too close. Do I have to go? You can go wherever you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. This, this is. This isn't. There's no points, right? But yeah, I'll go eight fifty then. Um, it was nine hundred twenty-three. 
Who gets a point there? 1,900. I think that's me. Yeah, again. I guess it's you again. Yeah, what a surprise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll do the two of the big ones just for, just for fun. Uh, we'll do it quickly. Claypool? Um, well, he's probably got quite a lot of yards, but he had that lull. Dave, you go first this time. Six, seven, five. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go 750. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> 760 then. Claypool actually got 873 yards. Oh, nice. And lastly, we'll do Juju. Had some tough yards. Every one of those was fought with blood, sweat, and tears. So <laughs> yeah. it's almost worth double. Um, I'll go 950. Probably way higher. I'll go 800. Just round it up. I'll go. Uh, I'll go seven fifty. Uh, Dave gets the point on that one. Eight three one. Oh, I'm wow. get a point. But Juju, uh, but Juju's <laughs> average only eight point six, significantly lower than everyone else. So, right. Oh, that's good. So there you go. And and do you know who led the team in touchdowns? Uh, what receiving or? Well, either. All purpose. Yeah. Rushing in. DJ. I'd say Claypool. Yeah, I think Claypool did. Uh, yes, it's Claypool with eleven. Uh, two because the two he actually drew with uh, Juju with nine receiving touchdowns, but he also had two rushing touchdowns. Right. So there you go. Wasn't that fun? That was fun. Didn't we all learn a lot? Just <laughs> a mini game. No, uh, no thousand yard receivers this year, but I kind of like that, that we've got you know three guys over eight hundred. So you've spread that ball around pretty nicely. And then you've obviously got Ebron, who's on 558. You've got James Washington on 392. So, you know, they spread the ball around a lot this year. I mean, yeah. if, if Ben is throwing that deep pass consistently all year, we possibly have three guys over 1,000 yards. Yeah. And I don't, I don't remember the last time that's happened. Yeah. Mm. That'd be nice. Okay. There was one other person I want to talk about oh, yeah, on sure. offense. And that was Kevin Rader. I, oh, I knew you wanted to. I th- yeah, I thought it was going to yes. be a special teams thing. So, I was, but okay, it was a special teams thing. But there's also, I thought he actually brought something in in the run game. I thought that's another reason why the the run game was slightly more successful. He is a legit blocker when he stays on his feet. Um, he he handled Olivier Vernon one on one, man. And you know, I mean, he had the drop pass, but that's that's not his game. It's not what he's out there to do. So, I think I think this guy's. I mean, I think he's definitely earned a hat on special teams. And we'll make we'll get. I mean. You know, we do our, like two seconds on special teams at the end, but I, th- I think he he warrants a spot as well. Just for for I mean, if Ebron's not ready to go, then he's um he's going to be out there. But even so, I think he's his his size, his strength, his anchor in in his you know in blocking. I think he's an asset. And we we were talking before, you know, there's no blocking tight end. He's the guy. He's the blocking tight end. Let's let's see a little bit more of him. Yeah, well, you were only talking last week about wanting that blocking tight end. You know, but maybe yeah. drafting one this year. So maybe, maybe, maybe this is the the perfect solution. Would be, would be, be very handy if he, uh, if he has a little breakout. And for listeners out there, if you thought that Gav liked uh, Mondu, wait till you hear his Raider love. <laughs> Raider love. <laughs> I think I made that joke last week. I don't think I just keep making the same yeah. jokes. It's like an eighties synth wave. <laughs> yeah. track. Anyway, uh, I also, I also wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, Coach Wilf on Twitter. Uh, James Wilf, is it? Yeah. Um, who has done a really good breakdown on all of the Dobbs plays. And actually, he's kind of reverse engineered them 
So you can you can watch if you go to his Twitter feed, Coach Wilf. Um, he's uh, what is it at Coach Wilford twenty five. He's the defensive coordinator of the Birmingham Lions, so he knows a thing or two. And he's he's actually reverse engineered all of the Dobbs plays and 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 put them converted them into X and O's, so you can actually see the plays. So it's quite a cool little uh, Twitter thread, and he's he's a good follow generally. And you know who knows we might get him on at some point. But um yeah, just uh, I said I'd give him a shout out. So there you go, here's a nice. shout out. I've just retweeted the jo- the, the Dobbs thread, so go find that. Okay. Um, moving on to the defensive side of the ball. This was a bit more... Um, I mean, obviously the quarterback's the big one, right? But this was a, a bit more decimated by resting players, I think, the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, Haywood on the D-line, Haywood was rested, right? So Tuit and Alu-Alu led the line, but Chris Wormley was in there a lot. Um, mm-hmm. We saw a fair bit of Mondu, Bugs, even Carlos Davis. They got into it on the sideline for some reason, which kind of amused me. She's got these two like back ends of the roster weird. guys like <laughs> kicking off like giant dudes. Um, yeah, I was just gonna say, I just imagine Rich shaking his fist watching that. Yeah, I, I don't like to see that with teammates. I mean, you know, we want you know, we I, I don't think everybody really outside of sports realizes that this stuff is real. Yeah, not everybody likes each other on their team, which we want them to, right? We want a unified team, that's what we want as fans. But, you know, it's, I mean, it's well-documented. Blunt and Lambert didn't like each other. You know, I mean, it, it happens. And it just sucked. It sucked to see it. It really did. It, it just, you know, it just shows a lack of discipline as well. Yeah, you don't, all, you know, you can't always get on with your colleagues. I mean, this podcast, me and Dave can't stand each other. Um... <laughs> Why'd you pick on that? We're in separate rooms and everything. We can't even be in the same room as each other. <laughs> but you weren't revealing that you live together. <laughs> For COVID purposes, don't don't reveal that to anyone else. I make, um, I make Simon sit in the dark in the corner when we record, and I get the room with the light. <laughs> that is true. Um, yeah, so yeah, that was a bit weird. Um, but you know, funnily enough, this is a good old line, right? The Browns weren't resting anyone, um, and we had it with four sacks on the day. Um, Tewitt and Wormley got involved, and obviously the linebackers as well. So I think Jaron Elliott got one. Um, yeah, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's pretty impressive that we've got some depth, some legitimate depth on the defensive line and, and the linebacking core. So that was nice to see, even without TJ and and Highsmith. I thought did a fantastic job, kind of as the lead outside linebacker. Oh, he was awesome. He had a great game. Like mm. Stop killing a run and making all kinds of plays all over the place. Made, yeah, made... Spin move causing problems again. It was Jedrick Wills on the other side, right? Yeah. Um, and, and did a nice job containing Baker as well. I mean, that was, they, you know, obviously the Browns found most of their success early with the run game and then later on with the pass game and um, through Baker kind of rollouts and stuff. But I think I think on the whole, it was quite well contained with a with a team filled with, with backups. I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I imagine it's, it's, it's almost harder to play defense when there's nothing on the line, I think, because... You know, you've got to you've got to put your body on the line for that. And and, and sure, some of these backups, you know, that it meant a lot to them. You know, as we saw with the the Bugs and Wormley and Davis incident, all those guys are fighting for you know limited spots. So you can understand the frustration. But when it comes to Minka, I I think you can see that he was thinking about the, he had one mind on the playoffs. He was he, he, you know in terms of his positioning, his reading, all all, all fantastic. But he did whip a couple of tackles, and I think it was just that he didn't want to wrap up. He didn't want to risk you know dislocating a shoulder or putting putting something out and you know you saw that on the on the Sutton miss tack you know the the 
Chub. the Sutton missed tackle. Yeah, the, the first log, yeah, the job run. Yeah, it, it looked like Minka didn't really commit. You know, I mean, yeah. but who can blame him? You know, he's saving his shoulder. Um, and, and again later at the goal line, he kind of he went in for a tackle, but he just kind of looked, you know, making a business decision or you know one one for the team. We don't want to miss miss Minka for the the playoffs. So I think that factored in, and I think that will factor in come come Sunday night as well. You know, the team this team's going to be it's going to be totally different. They're going to be you know hundred hundred percent ready to go. Yeah, I, I hope that two point differential can be kind of helped filled a little bit if we kind of have you know Edmonds and Hayward and TJ. And even Spillane, right? And Vince playing every snap. I mean, that was their offense against our backups. Why yeah. do you see it against our first team, right? Yeah, let's, let's certainly hope so, yeah. Um, yeah, but there, there was times in there, though, that they, you know, they manhandled our first team players. That offensive line, they're not awesome pass blockers, but, man, they're they're pretty decent run blockers. They're no joke. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, um, that long run where you, you talked about, Gav, where, you know um, – uh, Davis forced the play inside and Sutton had a chance to make the play and he missed the tackle. But Vince Williams was driven all the way down the field. And on that one 12 yard run that Chubbs had, um, two, it got driven down the field by the right tackle. The center handled Alu Alu, like manhandled him. And Williams gets blocked by the pulling guard and it gets knocked out and, and a huge hole there. And, and, and Chubbs gets 12 yards. So it wasn't all a backup situation. You know, that, that, our our run defense worries me a little bit coming into this game. Yeah, against their it's, it's their strength. I mean, on that on that um, the the Sutton missed tackle and the Minka didn't want to tackle in the the, the Chubb one. I mean, the D line for that was Ola, Alu Alu, Bugs, Highsmith. I mean, that's that's not our first team, is it? That's you know, I mean, it, it is kind of now because Alu Alu and Highsmith are. But coming into the season, you know, that they that would be considered a sort of you know, it's almost like a preseason sort of D line. And and Alu Alu came pretty close to stopping it. Despite getting blocked, he still managed to sort of make his way and you know got a hand on him. So I don't know, I'm I'm not I'm not worried. It was very different sort of pass um, run blocking to what we saw against the Colts. Though. It was like the Colts were sort of scheming it. It was a it was a schemed um, you know sort of scheme play on in, in pass blocking. Whereas I think for the Browns it was pure physicality and and personnel, and it just. I think we just sort of fell, fell, fell short of that. I mean, with maybe with the likes of likes of Banner in there, sort of more more physical, you know, more physical players. Maybe that would have would have been a different situation. But yeah, you know. um, but no, I, I I don't want to sort of say it's a reason that that we that we don't win this game. But I, I don't feel we can talk about the run game without talking about officiating because it was pretty shoddy on. For, for when we we're on on defense, I mean, there was a, the amount of times you saw holding calls that should have been should have been there. It was ridiculous. And there was one that was that was uh, Baker Mayfield's run. I think he, he probably got about twenty yards, yeah. and every every lineman was held. <laughs> one of them was held with both hands by his pads. And if if you're an officiate, you know, if you're a ref not seeing that, I don't know what's wrong with you. I mean, I can I can understand that maybe the league have said. You know, hold off on these holding calls because we want to see more offense. We want to see a more entertaining game, and I understand that. But at the same time, these these fouls become so obvious that it becomes ridiculous. And there's, you know, there's a, there's a screenshot of someone I can't remember who it was now being held round the neck as he's trying to go around, you know, round the corner, and it's, it's it's ridiculous. I don't know how they can how the officials can say they had a good a good day. It was pretty pretty awful. 
Yeah, it is yeah. getting egregious across the league. This holding story. They have obviously told them that they need to lighten up on the holding calls, and I get that because it, it was getting a little bit. You know, holding calls were just killing drives constantly, right? But yeah, yeah, it, it, it's stupid now. It's stupid. You have to have a balance. You can't just say, "Oh well, you know, the old line is going to get away with it," and uh, you know, we'll call the odd holding call now and again. Because why? Based on what, what? What situation are you going to call it? Like, it just becomes totally arbitrary, and, and refs are suddenly deciding games based on when they want to call the hold and when they don't. You know, and I think you know someone on this podcast said, right? You could probably call holding on every play, and I think this is where it needs to be a real focus of the officials in the off season to, to figure out what is hold. What do you want holding to be? You know, decide. Well, I've heard that as well, Simon. That they they were told to you know to settle down with the holding calls. But here's here, here's what I this is what I don't understand. Like instead of saying slow down with the holding calls, how about this? How about only call the holding calls that have a ch- that have a chance that really influence the play? Because I've seen you know years of watching football. I'm sure we've all seen it that a guy holds a guy on the other side of the field that has absolutely no chance of making the tackle, and they call back an 80 yard touchdown. Like yeah. stuff like that is what irritates fans and and players as well. How about just you know if the if it affects the play make the call you know i mean it's it's not it's really not that hard and yeah i mean we were dave you're right we i remember that play with mayfield man there was holding all over the field and they just you know they just ignored it i mean and you look at some players watts held all the time james harrison you could have called holding on him almost every play they nobody could block that guy you know because he was shorter and the linemen are usually taller and they would put their arms around his throat every freaking play it's like you could call holding every time, but you know, I just, I just think they need to just look at the situation in the game, you know, more closely, and that's how they should make the call. Yeah, absolutely. It, I suppose it would be, yeah. I don't know. It's hard, isn't it? Because how much agency do you really want to give the referees? We've seen it with um, pass interference, right? It, it, it can become a bit of a farce. But, oh, what's a catch or not? Yeah. Oh, what's a catch? Yeah, that's the yeah. perfect example. But but that's what the games become yeah. because there are so many rules now. You ha- you you uh, uh, unfortunately that they have to be they have to make more judgment calls, and, and that's you know that's what's happened to the game. Mm. There's just so many rules now, so many you know things to penalise. I mean, to me, there's some... two kinds of calls. There's the one where it it's kind tumbling. of oh god, no. go ahead you. I was going to say, there's, there's two kinds of holds, right? There's the kind of technical hold that sometimes gets flags and sometimes doesn't. And then there's like the egregious hold where a guy's legs are still moving and his body's been stopped by someone kind of reaching around with an arm. Yeah. So, I mean, they could just go and go, all right, we'll just let the technical one slide and we're, we're, we're only going to flag the egregious ones. And if they just came out and said that, at least then we would know and we could say, okay, fine. Like we're, just, we're, just, we're looking out for the ones where it's clear and obvious and, you know, if you're good at sort of hiding a hold here or there, you get away with it. You know, OK, fine. I, I'd accept that as a fan. I don't know how you guys feel about that, whether you don't, don't like that idea. Yeah, be fine with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They need yeah. to sort the egregious ones out. That's the biggest problem because they look silly yeah. on tape, you know. But anyway. Yeah, there was also an instance where they, they made Tomlin throw the throw a red flag. And, you know, for and it, it was for a for something that shouldn't have even been used for it, it, it what well, he, he landed receiver landed out of bounds without putting i think he had landed on his thought his thigh out was out of bounds oh, from what i remember yeah. no, what you yeah. mean. 
I mean, those two refs came in yeah. and they looked like Chuckle Vision because they like looked at each other and they singled. <laughs> that was a catch. And the other one went, yeah, that's a catch. Yeah. Like, Dude, one of you must have seen that his knee hit. It was like six inches out, out of bounds. Like, what, what are well, you seeing there? Well, actually, I think it was his elbow, right? Yeah, I can't remember now, but something yeah. something hit down. Clearly, the second point of contact was out of bounds, right? Even the announcers didn't know it, though. I mean, Davis, who used to play football, didn't know it. I I, I was blown away by that. Yeah, one foot's in and the elbow's out. Guess what? <laughs> He's out of bounds. <laughs> Come on, it's, it's, not, it's not rocket science. They also said we had Matthew Barry at kicker, which really tickled me. I don't know if you, if you follow ESPN fantasy football, but uh, the idea of him a kicker, I just I was rolling around laughing for about that, about two minutes. But um, obviously confusing Matthew Wright and uh, Jordan Barry at the same instance, but um, hit on gold there by accident. But uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Hopefully we don't get that crew again because yeah. they were a bit loose, weren't they? Mm. Um, I wanted to ask, Gav, is there anyone that kind of the guys that filled in that you wanted to talk about? Because we saw a few guys that we don't normally see that I know you're into. We got, um, we saw a little bit of Ola. We saw uh, some Sean Davis. We saw some J. Ron Elliott. We saw some James Pierre had a nice game. Um, yeah, a little, little bit of Pierre actually. Although he was, I mean, I, I, yeah. Do you want to get into defense? I don't know. Pierre we're was defense. a little bit. Of... We're already in defense. We're so oh, far we're... in. Okay. 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 <laughs> Fine. Um, I mean, yeah, we are. I got these. <laughs> um, I thought I was going to say I thought I thought Hassanau had a good game, probably his best game. It was nice to see he had a good game back at centre after a couple of dodgy dodgy games at guard, which is not really his position. I thought I thought he had yeah his best game. Um, Radar, yeah, I thought he had a good one. Um, Sean Davis and Marcus Allen. I thought Sean Davis had a good game. I thought I thought he he's a good. I mean, he could be a starting safety. I think so. I think he he was you know, for us for a long time. Yeah, and he, the the play where you remember for Donovan, you know, the, the 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 hot tub guy getting blitzed into the back and having to go out. He made a hell of a read on that play. I don't know if you watched that one back. I mean, you'd only remember it for the hit if you saw it live. But you know, he was he was miles away and made a massive break to exactly the spot where that ball was going to be caught at, at the point where the, the, the at the release point. So the, he 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 read that basically the breakdown in the zone coverage and and broke on it. So that that was great. Um, Marcus Allen, he had some nice plays. He had the, the nice one where he buzzed, did the buzz drop in coverage and broke back onto Hunt, stopped him short of the sticks. Um, so I thought I thought he showed progression in the, like the run game. Um, another block he did, he led to a run led to a run stuff by someone else. But uh, then we saw the mix up with James Pierre, which is what I was getting to earlier when you mentioned James Pierre, who 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 they just got confused who was on who. And that led that led to a first down. So that, but that's to be expected, you know. You have got guys that are not necessarily played so much playing together. Um, and we saw Justin Lane, who I've, I've been a massive fan of. Um, and I think I think what we saw, we saw the reason why he's not not seen the field so much because, okay, he's got all the physical tools. He that guy, he's so loose, he's so fast, he's got man skills for days. I reckon he he's got the potential, he's got the physical tools to be a shutdown corner, honestly. But we saw we saw the reason because I I've been wondering why why we not see more of him, mental error, massive mental error that led to uh, Higgins just running free and getting massive yards. So that you can't you can't have that, you know he he, he releases nice he's he's in phase with the guy, and then he just turns around and just starts watching the quarterback and just drifts inside and obviously he's he's lost his guy and and uh, Baker saw that and just threw over his head and then it's a big a big chunk play so bit of a shame let's let's hope he kind of gets back on track with with the concentration and, and the mental side because the physicals are all there 
Yeah, nice, um, yeah, nice breakdown. That was that. Uh, he was the guy I was going to ask you about actually. Yeah, because um, I know. Yeah, and then you got you got Jaron Elliott, who's 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 um, and and Ola. I mean, neither of them had massive days. I think Ola. We've kind of all expected that Ola breakout, and it's not come. Yeah, and, this and was we've his, seen we've, this was his shot really. Yeah, we've seen Highsmith, you know, overtaking him, and I mean, obviously, you know, the draft the draft stock, you, you kind of hope so, but um. It's a bit. It's a bit disappointing. I, 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 I've been hoping for more out of him. We've not. I've not really seen anything that's made me sort of get excited. I don't know. Have you, have you guys seen no. much from either? No, no. It, it hasn't been the resurgence we we hoped. Um, and then the other guy that I want to talk about was was Wormley. I mean, the guy's on. The jury's out. I think. I mean, I, he had a decent game. We he saw more snaps than he's seen. Um, he does get moved in the run game a bit. He had a, he had a nice pass rush. He's he's clearly you know a decent squad player. He's 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 a good he's a good player to have around. But you know he's on the hook for two million this year. I don't know. I mean Alu Alu's on two point seven five this year. Both you know I'd rather retain Alu Alu. I think he's made much more of an impact. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. So I I don't know if we'll be seeing Wormley next year. I think he's he's a cap casualty. I think I don't I just don't think he's seen enough time to to, to justify that. I think I think it was a bad free agent move. Not not for anything he's done, but just for the fact that we kind of stacked to that position. Yeah. And I'd rather see Bargs and you know some of the other guys coming through Davis get those get those snaps. So you know, thanks, but good night, Wormley. Hmm. Interesting, because technically I suppose he's second on the on the depth chart, right? Yeah, but it does it does seem that he's uh, the, the, he seems to be in the you know on the, the, on the bad side of the plays. Yeah, yeah well, you know. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the times when he's in, it's not necessarily his fault, but he gets picked up because he's, you know, they run his side and gets he gets beat. Um, I don't yeah. Know. yeah, you're you're probably right. Yeah, probably a, a good suggestion. Um, you know, the law firm of Mondu, Bugs, and Davis can uh, take over. Yeah, yeah, I think I think Mondu's shown enough. I think you know we've seen we've seen errors, but I think I think we've seen enough. Another guy I wanted to ask about, and and more through his absence than his um, contribution, was Dave's boy, um, Antoine Brooks. I thought we might see a bit of him this week on defense, but not not to be. Um, no, I thought no, that this would I've, be been, his I've been disappointed. Yeah, yeah. I thought if any time he's going to be thrown into the mix, it'd be now, but apparently not. Just uh, must feel that they have better options elsewhere. Yeah, I think I think that's the the writing's on the wall a little bit with him. I think. They don't seem to be huge. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'd hold off. Think about Marcus Salen. I mean, oh, they already he caught was, him once. Uh, I mean, yeah, but they, 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 you know, they, it takes time to develop this position from, especially when you're asking a transition. I, I was wondering if we were going to see when we started losing linebackers any kind of cyclone defense. You know, where you get in uh, the Iowa State defense, where you get three safeties. You know, with a, a center fielder who's who's you know assists in run run defense. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, Marcus Allen potentially playing that role, although we've not never seen a th- three safety lineup. But I wondered if if Brooks was going to be incorporated like that. But we, we've not really needed to get crazy creative on defense because we've got so much up front. It's just a case of holding fort at the back. So I don't know. I think I think if things were desperate, maybe we would have seen a little bit of experimentation with Brooks. But we we don't need to rock the cart there, do we? Because you know, arguably on the AFC side, Steelers have got the best defense going in to the playoffs, I think. I don't think there's anyone that's got a better defence. They're all offensive teams. So I just think, you know, steady as she goes with, with that. So I think Brooks has maybe lost out from, from that perspective, but uh, there's still there's still plenty of time for him. Let's, let's not write him off yet. Okay. Yeah. Gav's still on the Brooks train. 
I've got the defensive end of year stats. They're not as interesting, I suppose, as the the offensive ones because they don't kind of rack up stats the same way. But um, do you know who leads the team in in tackles? Uh, <laughs> thinking noise. Well, I think uh, last year, last year it was Edmonds, right? Yeah, I was going to say someone in obviously that impacts the run game. So I want to say Williams, but maybe it's not him. That's what I would say. I'll be going with Vince. We got three Vinces. Mm. Vince, yeah. Vince is second, but ten tackles ahead of Vince Williams is uh, Minka. Wow. Uh-huh. Wow. That's not good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, and not only that, but he also, as you'd imagine, because he's a safety, has significantly more solo tackles. He's got 60 solo tackles. of his 79 total. So um, just looking around for other interesting stats. We, we know, obviously, TJ, and I was going to bring this up when we talk about his defensive player of the year case, um, has won the triple crown, right? He's won most sacks, most tackles for loss, and most QB hits. Um, that's happened three times in the last 20 years apparently, two times with JJ and once was um, Aaron Donald and they all won the defensive player of the year when that happened um, so, so like uh, triple, triple doubles or something is that, what is it, triple triple crown, I've been triple told crown. is the name okay. for, for doing that, I assume <laughs> I don't think it's official, I just think that's that's what people have coined it, but um, hopefully that secures his defensive player of the year I think it would be kind of ludicrous if he didn't win it this year um, but do you know how many sacks he got? 15. 15, yeah, nailed it. Do you know how many tackles for loss he ended with? Uh, um, 25. I've given it away a bit there by reacting to Rich's guess. Yeah, it's 26. Um, I don't have his QB hits with me, but I remember it was 80-something. So, you know, an unbelievable season for him, I think. Um... Oh, amazing. Yeah. Doing all right. Yeah, just looking at it. I don't think there's any other major stats. Interceptions, you, you know, who leads the team in that? Hayden? Hayden, yeah, I was going to say Hayden. Uh, just checking I'm not wrong. No, no, it's uh, Hayden got two. Mike Hilton got three, but Minka got four. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Minka. So oh, I seem to remember Hayden getting loads. Yeah, so there you go. The only player that PFF have got higher, ranked higher, is, is uh, Khalil Mack. Um, hard to say. I haven't watched that many Brown, uh, Bears games. This oh yeah, year, no, so me I neither. Don't... I haven't even heard much buzz about Mack either, to be honest. But no, but he's—they've got him ahead in every category apart from coverage, which you'd expect. Right. Interesting. No, I can't say that because he hasn't really got a lot of buzz this year. So, and that's probably more on me than uh, than PFF. But usually, you kind of get a few guys. You know, this year it's it's TJ, it's it's Donald, it's. Um, I'll give it. I'll give it a top Rose. ten from defensive yeah. rankings. So they got Khalil Mack, TJ, Joey Bosa, Miles Garrett, Demarcus Lawrence, Chase Young, JJ Watt, Cameron Jordan, Trey Flowers, and Brandon Graham. Hmm. Hard to argue. Fair enough. Um, got anything else on the defense before we crack on? No. No, nicely done. Um, special teams. I wanted to just. The only thing I wanted to say about this was quickly to. Uh, give props to, to Matt Wright because you got handed to him he bagged all three field goals which I didn't see coming um, and, and a couple of them were pretty long right 48 was the long one I think um, his kickoffs continue to leave a lot to be desired um, but I spoke about this before they, they scare me a bit if Bosmus is time in the playoffs 
I think I, I read on Steelers Depot that the Browns had 120 return yards on five kickoff returns because he can't kick the ball through the end zone. Yeah, he's so short. He needs like two or three extra yards. Yeah, yeah. So frustrating. So, yeah, that's a bit of a trouble, a troubling one. But, you know, the consistency is nice on the, the field goal so far. You've got to give him credit there. Yeah. And then, yeah, um, I saw you tweeted out or you messaged or something about someone saying that Jordan Berry was the most improved player across the <laughs> NFL. I don't know if you want to do a rebuttal. Um, yeah. Jordan Berry has had a great bounce back, right, since we signed him. Um, it feels like a million years ago we um, cut him in, in favour of... Uh, oh, who was it? The Chiefs punter. Yeah, Dustin Colquitt. Um, God, that's how long ago that feels like. I forgot who it was. Um, but, I mean, come on. The most improved player. Is anyone making that argument, really? Yeah, I mean... Alex Smith was was lying on a hospital bed, so I'd say he's probably. More <laughs> well, yeah, but even if you remove that, okay, I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that's comeback stuff, right? But improve, yeah, I suppose you can improve a lot from having half a leg. But uh, I, I, don't know. I don't know. I don't have any names to throw at you right now, but I'd be surprised if John Berry is the most improved player. <laughs> but he has improved. So he has improved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, just just to come back to Kevin Raider to give him his two little moments on the show. Man, his, his his stops on special teams. They they they, they were double teaming him in, in uh, kickoff coverage by the end. They were so scared about what he was doing. I mean, the guy is like a movable wall. You just de- deploy a wall halfway down the pitch, and the guy can't get past it. Cause he runs into him and just is almost knocked out. So I, I really hope he gets a hat on special teams because I think he made a difference. Well, it's a second bit of radar love. Radar, double radar. <laughs> we need to keep radar around just for this bit. I like that. We need a drop. Gab's, Gab's radar low. Um, cool. So that takes us there. Like I say, this is kind of the, the same as the preview because we've got the Browns coming up next week. Um, so we, we can kind of do our predictions and picks here if you want um, for the for the Browns game, at least. Um, I am going to... There's kind of no fanfare for this. This is the playoff game. This is the wildcard game, right? Steelers, Browns at Hinesfield. Um I'm going to take... Ooh. <laughs> did ask for a fanfare. I, I did. Literally I did. got a fanfare. Thank you. Literally a fanfare. Um, I will not be picking against the Steelers in the wildcard round, thankfully. <laughs> um, I'm going to take the Steelers 34 to 21. I think they show up. I think they say, right, this is a, a home playoff game against a team that. And I said this last week, right? I, I was concerned about this because I just didn't want to play the Browns. Not because this was the hardest matchup, but because I cannot face the concept of losing this game for my own pride. Um, so yeah, let's just go in there. Let's just smash up. Let's take care of business. Let's worry about the next game. Thirty-four to twenty-one. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> Logged. I've got uh, twenty-four to twenty-one. So a little bit, little bit of a closer game that I've got. But, um... don't, don't let it be that close, please. <laughs> that's what I've got. I've got a field goal separating the two teams. Who wants to go next? I've got twenty-eight sixteen. There's a scoreline. Steelers win. Okay. Rich? I've got 28 to 20 Steelers win. Okay. So as far as we're concerned, we're winning this game. Let's not even bother watching it. It's fine. Let's hope so. In the bag. And I don't want one of these games where, you know, with 40 seconds left, Baker Mayfield gets the ball back and he's driving with three points. You know, none of that, please. (laughs) Let's just win this game. I don't... Because, I don't know, is it just me? Because I said this while we were watching the game. Um, 
I, I think I'm just too prideful when it comes to this stuff because I, I realised that I actually did care and I would have loved for us to have um, beaten the Browns in this game and not them out of the playoffs. It would have just made no end of joy to my weekend if that had happened. Yeah, it's really weird, isn't it? It was like a half... They sort of, I sort of went in with a kind of almost pre-season vibe and ended up really gutted that the Steelers lost. Yeah. And then I was kind of thinking, why am I in such a bad mood now? It didn't matter. Playoffs, or whatever. I think it was. I, guess... I think it was the celebration, you know, and it was all the like, oh, the Browns. It was predictable, but you know, all the Browns, the Browns have made the playoffs for the first time in twenty-two years. Oh, it's like, well, okay. I mean, they beat the back. Calm down. I think it was also just that the comeback and the momentum yeah, yeah. and the. The chance to tie the game, and then you think it's all, you know, and this would be great for Mason. It would be great for all these players that have worked hard to make this comeback happen, and it didn't happen. Uh, I think there was that as well. Yeah, I think you know, you know full well as well that on the UK Browns podcast or whatever, they're currently preparing for the Super Bowl game. You know, they're they're ready to crown themselves, aren't they? Paul Brown's already got his Super Bowl winners T-shirt ordered. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> um. I tell you what, though, I am happy for, you know, I'm not happy for many Browns fans, but um, you got to give a shout-out to Matt Sessler, who, you know, I think me and Gav love, right? He's, this, this is a yeah. dude who deserves something good in his life. So, so <laughs> let's allow him at least one game. Not this one, though. Not this He's one. had his one. He's come far enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, bold predictions. I am going to go with a three. It's a simple one. It's a three-pronger. Um, and it's just three individual events need to happen during the game. I want A, a Minka interception. I want B, an Alex Highsmith sack. And I want C, a Juju touchdown. Okay. I'll give you two for that. <laughs> what were they again? Sack well. uh, Minka interception, Highsmith yes. sack, Juju touchdown. We've gone from very bold and interesting predictions to just prop bets. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, that's not surprising. Um, I sort of want to ask about last week. I know, I know, oh, I left it. Very, here we go. But this was because I, I kind of anticipated something along the lines of what's happened. Um, because Hang on a there's absolutely no room for this guy. I don't know what your argument's going to be, but okay, okay. So I said for two points, Dobbs was going to come out on top of Mason. <laughs> now, right. I'm willing to let that slide, but let that what slide. I will say, what does that mean? As in, I'm not going to make a case for it. But I do think... How magnanimous of you. That's the... right, if, if we see Dobbs in this game and we don't see Mason, that would indicate that that prediction was somewhat correct. <laughs> Not really. Right? <laughs> Comes out on top of Mason. That's why I didn't want to commit to the stats because I, I didn't love... think that Dobbs was going to outstat Mason. No. But I thought Dobbs was going to make a case no. that he would be useful in some sense. No, that was never, never, ever, no. ever was that part of it. I love that this is is just come out exactly how Rich said it would. <laughs> <laughs> so with that in mind, I'm going to go with a Dobbs rushing touchdown and a Highsmith sack. Okay. Bearing in mind, I didn't get any points for picking out Dobbs as a potential winner in this Week 17 game. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure your prediction was that he'd like be become the next backup. I'm I didn't say sure. that. I didn't say that. I would have said that if I meant it. I said comes out on top of Mason. Yeah, but in, in what way has he done that? I mean, like if he if he if he become if he turns into an offensive weapon, you know. No, the, that's the, not the coming out on top weapon. though. That's becoming kind of Jalen Samuels. That's not the same thing. But if he's if he's getting snaps on the team, he's on top of Mason, in, in my opinion. Mason, it's like it's like Winston well, versus like Taysom say, Hill. That's Who's like more saying... involved in the Saints' offense, Winston or Taysom Hill? Taysom Hill is. But Sorry, Taysom Hill's say. also the backup. <laughs> well, Winston is is officially the backup when when Drew Brees uh, went down. Taysom Hill played for four weeks. <laughs> James Winston yes, didn't see the true. field. That's true. But 
I think I think going into the season, Winston. I think Taysom Hill won that job, but I think going in, Winston was the back. Anyway, and if you'd have bet on Taysom Hill, you'd have got the points, but you didn't. You bet on Josh Dobbs, who hasn't done that. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> All right, fine. I'm, I'm just I'm just pointing out that I came pretty close there because I think that was that was near enough. Rich, can we get your take right. on this? Because I don't think he came even remotely close. <laughs> I, you know, I. I will now refer to you as Gavin Al Davis Marshall. <laughs> okay. Uh, so predictable. <laughs> I, just, I, knew, I knew I wasn't going to get any points, but I just thought I'd, I'd just, you know. You had to make the case. <laughs> make the case, yeah. I couldn't let it slide. Oh, boy. So anyway, yeah, rushing touchdown for Dobbs and a Highsmith sack. Okay. So I, can, I, can I get a two points? Yeah, for you can get a two point for that. Sure. Dobbs' rushing touchdown is going to be pretty unlikely, right? Okay. Cool. Who wants to go next? Uh, I'll go, I guess. Um, I'm going to say, uh, and I know this is just a one-pointer, it's fine, but um, I'm going to say if Chubbs rushes for over 100 yards, we lose. If we hold him under 100 yards, we win. Okay. Mm, okay, so let, let's let's just unpack this. So, what Rich is saying is that there's two situations in which he would win. That is, that is either that Chubb rushes for under 100 yards and we win. Is that is that right, Rich? Right. You can look at it that way, but you can also look at it like if one of those doesn't happen, I lose. I see why it's a pointer. I think it's... Oh, you, you're nailing the colours to your mask. Um, I, mean, I don't know. Is, is that... I mean... What is the what is the um, downfall for that prediction? Simon? If they go heavy on hunt and passing game, and yeah. but then I guess I guess uh, I, I think, that, I think that would my lose question, you, so that would my question about this is that what he's basically done is is he's made uh, uh, <laughs> he's dressed up a scenario which is actually gives him two chances to win, but made it sound really? like something that is very unlikely. <laughs> really. I, I honestly think that's what's gonna. That's how it's gonna play out. Just, just repeat think, it for me. Sorry. So, okay, so how can I? Okay. So let's do this then. Let me ask you this. How can I revamp that? So the main thing I, I'm trying to say is that. How about we just do this then? If Chubbs rushes for over a hundred yards, we lose. How about that? Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Gav, what do you think of that? Yeah. I, I was happy with the first one. I understand you, you're saying that Chubb Chubbs rushing is the key to the game. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fine. Uh, I, I, yeah, you're basically saying you, you know we fall on the line of that, that. That's what the game comes down to. So I think I think that's a perfectly fine. And and you said yourself, it's a one point thing. I'll give you one point for your initial. Oh, you said it was a one point thing. Okay, I, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, that's fine then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's fine. Sorry, Rich. I, th- I thought you were you no, were right. making. It was that a valid. Up. It was a valid question. You made me think about it. No. Yeah. So let's stick with the original one then. So, yeah, if Chubb is over 100, we lose, and under 100, we win. Yeah. Okay. Dave? Okay. I've gone fairly simple. I'm, and there's only one option for this, by the way. There's no sort of other way of me winning. Um, but Dirty Rob comes home with uh, one interception and two sacks. Keeping Ooh. it simple. Ooh. I like it. Yeah. Wait, one interception? Two sacks. two sacks. Wow, big game for Dirty Rob. Welcome home. That's a two okay. prediction I like that. Yeah. Nice. 
Okay, so that's that's the. Uh... Yeah. That, that's Do you want game. to pick, pick the rest of the uh, well, the, the wild card? I mean, we're we're, we're pretty tight. We're all, there's only two points really separates all of us, so it's all to play for here. Yeah, well, we'll, get, we'll we'll do that just before we finish. We'll we'll, uh, uh, we'll do that as part of the news. Hit the news button, Gav. Mm-mm. You don't have it. Oh, he does have it. Caught, caught me a little bit surprised there, so I had a mouthful of beer. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it was, it was, <laughs> I thought you'd gone, like, made a no sound, so I thought you didn't have it. Um, okay, here we are, news. Um, I wanted to mention uh, very quickly, because uh, I feel like we, we didn't really go over it in the game. We, we kind of briefly mentioned the Browns having COVID issues, right? But did we say that Stefanski's not going to be available? Um, that, that Do feels we know like that? Is he definitely he's not definitely available? He's definitely not available. He's not yeah. going to be on the sidelines. They've um, offered up, who is it now? Is it the was it like the tight ends coach or something? Is he's taking over? Anyway, he's not going to be there, I don't think. Um, and also, uh, oh, do you know why did I not write this down? I just wrote, in my notes. I just rushedly wrote Browns COVID issues. So good job, me. Um, <laughs> the, the guard Check over it out, there. Business. What are you doing? Do I know. Your own work. I know. Yeah, exactly. The guard over there. What's the name? Uh, the Browns guard. And so, but yeah, that's the one. He's uh, out with COVID as well. And that, that's the big one, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, so they're starting Nick Harris or UDFA, who's injured, by the way, or UDFA Michael Dunn at left guard. Mm. So that could and, that and, could wind up to be a big deal. It could. Yeah. But, you know, we uh, also don't have Ebron or Hayden, so... Stick a, stick a rookie on Cam Hayward, see how that goes. Mm-hmm. It would be his first snap, first snap of, of professional football line up against Cam. Good luck. Yeah, so that, that's that's a, that's a big part. I mean, it, it's unfortunate that it's happened to. You know, I'm not 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 gloating, but um, maybe I am a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's it's, it's unfortunate. I, the, the fact that Stefanski is not going to be there, and that's a big deal. You know, he's, had, he's had a good season. It's not fair on him. You know, let's hope it hasn't passed on to Tomlin. Maybe it would be fair for Tomlin not to be there as well. Maybe that would be justice in the end. But um, no one wants to see that. Well, Tomlin has said that they have a plan in place if he can't if he can't be on the sideline, but he, he won't reveal what it is. Let's just let's just hope it's not Randy's in charge. <laughs> a few brains would explode if, if that came out before the game. Um, we already talked about the injury news and the, the TJ stuff, so so that's out of the way. So it's just a few little pieces. Firstly, um, Alan Fanica is a finalist for the Hall of Fame. Um, Heinz Ward didn't make the finalist list. Um, so this is this is deja vu a little bit, but uh, hopefully this is the year he makes it. It's got to be Fanica's time now. I don't know if you saw the the Steelers Depot tweet that I retweeted. The the little highlight of his of his draft kind of sizzle reel. Did you watch that? Oh no, I didn't see this. Jesus, like the do you watch? I've never I've never seen his his college tape before. I mean, obviously it's like his five best plays, but they are some plays, man. I mean, it's like a he's like a Mack truck out there running against like paper cutouts. Honestly, he's just running, mowing people down. You're thinking. Okay, next time I watch, you know, a first-round potential lineman prospect, I'm looking for this guy because this, this is, I mean, pancake blocks are plenty. Yeah, just check it out. I mean, I'm sure maybe you'll retweet it, Sai, si, from the yeah. from the podcast. Um, hey, that, that reminds me of something. That, uh, just real quick, I have a um, an insider take on Alan Fanica. I worked with a guy who played with him at LSU, and mm-hmm. I think that's score right LSU. Yeah, correct. Yeah, Down in the and, swamp. Uh, yeah I, I, I had a fight scene with this guy who was just gigantic. <laughs> He's a huge, huge guy. And he was telling me that um, 
When Fanica came into LSU as a freshman right out of high school, he was so strong. When they started doing drills, he was throwing the seniors around like they were little puppies. <laughs> he said it was like the most amazing thing he's ever seen uh, on a football field. He just right from day one just established himself as the guy on that offensive line. So that's that's a pretty cool story. Yeah, I mean you can see it on the on the tape, man. It's like the Incredible Hulk out there, really. I mean the the, the difference in his his strength and, and power was maybe you know diminished when he got to the pros, but in college it's just stood out like a sore thumb. Sore thumb. It, it was it was. I don't think. It can't have been a very hard evaluation to go, all right, we need no lineman. This guy's there. Let's take him. All right. So, so yeah. Uh, yeah and uh, and uh, Heinz Ward doesn't make it. We didn't expect that he would, though, right? But... Well, I think I think every Steeler fan would say that he should be, but there's so many receivers. It's yeah. so tough, yeah. isn't it? I it's mean, only going to get worse. Yeah. So... I don't understand. You got to put him in. I don't. I don't get that. He's our leading, all-time leading receiver. Swan and Stallworth are in. You know, yeah. I, I, I just, I don't, I don't get that. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I get. It. He was, you know, the kind of number two, sort of. I, I get what you're saying. I mean, you know, I own, I own his jersey. You know, it, it, I, I love the guy, but I, I can see why he's not. You know, he's not the blue chip name that that people want out of out of a. Hall of Famer, I think, from from other teams, from other teams' perspective, I think that, that that's what's going against him, isn't it? You know. Well, what does he lack? Like in a quarterback, you can go, oh, he never won a Super Bowl. What what does Ward lack? Yeah, he's got everything. He's got the numbers. He's got the Super Bowl. Did he win an MVP in one of the Super Bowls? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got everything you need to be a Hall of Famer. I don't know what more he's supposed to have. I think it's just that that's that that X factor of 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 just. Being a, a, a league-wide name. Here's no. a question. Here's a question for you, uh, for Rich, to pose to Rich. Do you think Julian Edelman will make the Hall of Fame? Uh, I think he's got a shot just because of his numbers, but he didn't come up big in Super Bowls like Ward did. I think he won a Super Bowl MVP, which is did what, he? What, what. Yeah, that's what strung it in my mind when you when you mentioned okay. that. Okay, I remember him dropping a crucial third-down pass. It really cost them to lose the game. But so maybe I, I just didn't remember that. Um, but uh, I think he's got a shot at it. And another thing about Ward, he's possibly the best blocking wide receiver that ever played the game. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't question that. I mean, his impact on the run game and just, yeah. yeah I mean, he's got so much going for him. It's just one of those things where I think he's fallen through the cracks every year, which, you know, sucks because I think he's absolutely worthy. I don't know. I, I would love to have a conversation with these guys and, and ask them, what what is he lacking? What don't you like about the guy? Like, what do you think is not hall worthy of him yeah i mean he just he wasn't he wasn't like necessarily a weapon was he, he wasn't like um you know he wasn't like a destructive kind of wide receiver that maybe you think of some of the other hall of fame wide receivers was he was he was incredibly consistent very talented all-round good guy you know local hero he's got a lot going for him and he did compile the stats and he did you know win the big games but you know you compare him to like i don't know megatron or who the, some of these other players he's up against it didn't quite have that kind of, you know, get the ball into his hands and anything's possible kind of. I mean, you know, I mean, he was violent and he was tough. He wasn't that kind of otherworldly talent in terms of, you know, movement skills or route running or, you know, ball skills in the air. I, I don't know. Well, I, I don't have it in front of me, but I guarantee you I can look at a list of the Hall of Fame receivers and, I'll, and I guarantee you there's guys that he's very – uh, comparable to 
that have a similar type of style. I mean, not everybody in there is the, you know, Randy Moss, you know, Megatron, you know, just a beast down the field catching mm-hmm. deep passes and running over people or outrunning people. Not everybody, the receiver in there is like that. You know, they don't have those attributes. I mean, who else is there recently? Steve Smith, I suppose. Uh, so you could compare Heinz Ward to Steve Smith. Absolutely. What did yeah. Smith have that Ward does didn't have? Yeah, and if you make that case, that's a good case. And I don't really have a comeback. So I just gave you your best argument there. Yeah, because Steve Smith, and, and Steve Smith's one of my favorite receivers of all time. I just think the guy's massively underrated. So you oh. could say, thinking along that lines, the Ward's massively underrated. But I, I don't necessarily go say that because because it would be homerish to to say that. But perhaps perhaps you're right. Perhaps perhaps I'm I'm overlooking Ward just because I don't want to be a homer like that. But, you know, that's a good comparison, though, Gav. Very, very similar players. They both play with a chip on their shoulder, too. Yeah. You know, Smith didn't back down from anyone. No. And he was he was a dangerous weapon on the outside as well. I mean, I, I'd say that he slightly edged it in, in on his sideline skills was a little bit better than Woods. But that's the only area, really, where I'd say he was was outmatched. I, I don't know. I, I do think it's borderline. I, I, I do. I'd like to see him go in. I, I, I was just making the sort of devil's advocate case of why people wouldn't put him in. When oh, yeah. I, I think, I, yeah, you know, that's all I'm doing here. Yeah, I get it. Um, the only other bit of news, last bit of news, is, is, is a bit of a nothing thing, really. But I just wanted to mention it because it annoyed me when it happened to the Seahawks. Um, Heinz Field has been will be named Heinz Field for another year after a one year extension. There was some concern that it wouldn't be. Do you know what it's going to be called if if this ends? Because it's going to, it's going to really offend me when they stop calling the Seahawks um, CenturyLink, and now it's, it's some nonsense. Um, That'll yeah. be some nondescript corporate. I don't know who's the big player in Pittsburgh. I don't know some company. Do you reckon some other sauce company might get in, like Daddy's might get in? There? Oh, Daddy's oh, sauce! Hey, it's funny you bring that up. Um, a bit, a bit kebabby this, but I've uh, I've started buying Daddy's sauce instead of Heinz, Dave, um, mm-hmm. as a cost-saving measure. I don't really know why, but I, I, I just I don't mind the taste of it. It's like a bit of a change, you know. And uh, this yeah. is this, this is like blasphemy in Pittsburgh, I imagine. But um, the problem I have with Daddy's sauce is that the lid just does not for some, I, don't, I don't know why they do this the lid is so poor that you open the bottle and it like goes everywhere it squirts in your face it's like all over the place and that's my biggest problem with it you know if you just put it in the same bottle or, or even just a satisfactory bottle i'd be fine with it but this is just not adequate and why do they feel the need to do this it's almost like it's like a conspiracy this is my conspiracy theory like companies that produce cheap foodstuffs you know like they say like go to aldi and it's just the same it's often it does taste the same or it's just as good but they put it in worse packaging and I don't really understand why that is, because surely you could make the same packaging. You know, why do you... Like, crackers. Why why do the cracker ones have to be so hard to open? Because That's the probably cheap... the way the margin is. But why... I, I don't know. I, I Just to me, it would be like, why would it cost more just to make a convenient way to open it? It doesn't have to be expensive. It could just be... Don't get me on my packaging rant, man. Don't get me on We've hit a hot topic. <laughs> you, you say... Yeah, it is. I don't, I don't get it. But you're saying blasphemy in Pittsburgh. I'm not sure anyone in the states knows what brown sauce is. No, no, no. Daddy's is ketchup though, as well. Yeah, Daddy's is ketchup. And is that out there? No, no. But I'm just saying it would would be blasphemy to do anything other than Heinz, right? Okay, okay. All right, I see, I see. Because you get steak sauce out there, but that's about as close as you get. Mm. Brown sauce is is quintessential. I mean, it's got the Queen's bloody Herald on the stuff. Oh, I love brown sauce. Brown sauce is the best. Well, well, I think barbecue sauce is my favorite, but but brown sauce is the. I like barbecue, but you you can't argue with Houses of Parliament sauce. I mean, that, H- that's tough. HP is yeah. made by Heinz, though. 
But that's that stuff's the done, man. I mean, they bought it because they knew that you know Heinz is a company that knows a world beater when they see one. Any, anyone got a taste for fruity sauce? No, you can leave that. Thanks very much. <laughs> Thanks. Good. That's HP, man. I like fruity sauce. Anyway, we've gone violently off topic again. Um, you just you really like caught one of my things there, Dave, with the daddies. Um, that, that's really troubling me lately. I'm, I'm actually considering buying Heinz bottles and emptying daddy's sauce into it. This is how bad it's got. Oh, so you, you take daddies above Heinz? Well, no, no, but it, I'm just trying to save money with, with the daddies, you see. I see, right. I, I've got, uh, there's a bit of a rep that I've got. I used to do a thing when we, when I was back in sort of university days where, you know, when you go to like the, what we call a greasy spoon, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Um, you know, where you get a fried breakfast, very unhealthy restaurant. Um, you get the brown sauce and the ketchup come in these these bottles mm. with almost like syringe like tops. You know, That's the a ones good idea. Like clear, yeah. Yeah. clear plastic. Well, I, I started doing this thing where, you know, I, I like I, I used to you know like like quite a lot of brown sauce on my fried breakfast. Well, I, I found out you can actually inject the the brown sauce straight into the egg yolk of the fried egg with that with that pointy thing. So you can kind of <laughs> inject it and squeeze the brown sauce and fill up the internal of the egg. And then it bursts together as a wonderful <laughs> like crescendo of egg yolk and brown sauce. And then one, one time we'd been out for a, for, a, for a big night and we were gone for a fried breakfast in the morning. And I, w- I was trying to do my inject trick and it wasn't working. So I was squeezing the bottle really hard to try and get some flow happening. And um, instead of coming out the nozzle, it came out of the seal. And, and, and there was about six of us at this table. And we all got this like line, like a sort of Saturn ring of brown sauce. that <laughs> just went over all of us like, in this thing. <laughs> And uh, yeah, happy days, you know. All our like, kind of raving gear was ruined with my brown sauce trying to inject this egg. But um, yeah, happy days. <laughs> You've raised a good point there, Gav. Maybe that's what I need to do is buy those little squirty things. Buy your own containers. Yeah, yeah. Do you have to wash those out, though, I imagine, after a while? Because like, you get remnants of old sauce when you fill it up oh, again. Yeah, you definitely do. Yeah, yeah. congealed brown sauce is yeah, it's a known a problem. problem. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get back to this maybe in another kebab corner. Um, that was all I had for the news. So let's <laughs> let, <laughs> so let's go to the playoffs. Um, do you want me to just go through the playoff games? Um, playoffs. What's that? <laughs> do you want me to just go through the playoff games and we'll uh, we'll pick them one by one? Yeah. The wild card games. Uh, we'll start the NFC side then. Um, the first game on my slate here is the number two seed New Orleans Saints against the seven seed Chicago Bears, who kind of backed into the playoffs a little bit. Um, where are we going on this one, Gav? Uh, I'm going to go with the Saints, although I have seen a few kind of pundits going for a sneaky Bears pick, but I'm going Saints. After that, that, that showing we saw... Uh, what was it week sixteen? Wasn't it that that game was uh, impressive? So um, yeah, give me give me the give me the Saints. Yeah, this is uh, it seems very obvious, but then you look at the teams and the Bears just feel like one of those teams that might just kind of accidentally win a playoff game. And it's so Mitchell Trubisky to win one playoff game to make everyone think that he should resign. And it is also very Saints like to you know kind of lose a playoff game in ridiculous heartbreaking fashion every year. So. It's maybe a dangerous one, but yeah, you've got to play it chalk for me on this one and pick the Saints. Yep. Me too. Anyone else? Yeah, I've taken the Saints as well on that one. And Rich? Yeah, you know, uh, I'm thinking about the Bears just for the upset because I think they can do it, but I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go go with the Saints as well. 
Any thought of offering an extra half point for the uh, for the bear scout <laughs> to tempt Rich to, to pick them? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to go with any 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 funny business okay, here. I think okay. let's just play it. Oh, we haven't just okay. explained the scoring scoring system. We're going to um, we're going to give uh, a point for if you get four of these six games correct, and we're going to give two points if you get six correct. A little incentive. For, for anyone that asked why we came up with that, there was a heated debate before the podcast about how to make this fair. <laughs> I won't, I won't reveal. We're the only ones that care, so yeah, uh, I won't reveal who on. who had the big problem with just taking a point for each game. But uh, I'll give you a clue. He's not in the UK. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything, but Gavin threatened me. <laughs> uh, Gav, I tell you with, what, uh, logic. Um, give us the scores. I know I asked you before. Give give everyone the scores so, so we know what we want to play. Okay, so in last place with an asterisk is me and Dave. Um, What's the asterisk? Uh, both, both, just a job thing. Don't worry, I was only joking. Uh, with me and Dave, me and Dave uh, holding the holding the the back of the table there on thirteen points. Then it's Cy with fourteen, who 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 gambled on the Jets to Awful. win Awful. against the Patriots. Um, so he would have still been in tied with the lead with Rich on fifteen, but you, you, it was a good play. It could have happened, and you would have been in the lead with sixteen points. So I understand, you know, uh, didn't didn't. Didn't work out, but you know, you've got to gamble to get. You know, we're we're all so level pegging. Someone's got to make a difference. Okay, then Rich is in the lead. Fifteen points, all to play for still. Okay, um, the next game on the NFC docket is the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the fifth seed, against the ridiculously the fourth seed, uh, the team. <laughs> How are they the fourth? Because they won a division, I guess. I I know, yeah, that's why. But it's just it should, they should change the rules for that. If a team comes in under eight and eight, they should lose their seeding. I yeah, think. yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, give me uh, give me the bucks, man. I mean, what else are you going to do here? You know, I was I, when I was watching the um, the Giants, uh, not the Giants, the uh, Eagles football team game. It was uh, they were talking about how like the last team that was under eight hundred to make the playoffs won a playoff game and it was a Ron Rivera Panthers team. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it almost kind of... Uh, it's, it's, I must admit, it has tempted me. It has tempted me, Gav. Go on, take it then. Do you mean under 500? You, is that, you, is that you mixed, what? What did I say? Up 8 and 8, 8 and 8 and 500 into oh, 800. Which right, would be... Yeah, under 500, yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah, no, I'll, I'll take I'll take the books. I've got to do it. I, guess. I don't have the, the balls to do it. Yeah, I mean, we have seen the Bucks falter, but I'm not sure. I'm not yeah. sure team is the the uh, defense or offense to do it. Although I, I did like the the way that the the team came out of the blocks on offense. I thought they looked pretty dangerous, and then but then it was so hard to tell once once clearly not only the quarterback switch, but some of the other things went on in that game, like like deliberate offsides and stuff, where you're just thinking these guys are just playing for the draft pick. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't think. I, I, have you seen that before? Like obvious, oh, we're losing this game. So egregious. Yeah, it was pretty bad. It's worse than you know the Jags and the Jets have done this season, isn't it? just in that game. I don't. I, you know, people say tanking all the time, and you know, our team's tanking or not? Well, we saw it. We saw the Eagles deliberately through a game there, deliberately. I mean, that that offside. You, it's got to be. It's you know, it just you can't. Uh, yeah, I just think that was cheating. <laughs> Because they went from what ninth on the dark, on the in the draft order to sixth. sixth. I mean, that's the big yeah. jump. Yeah, yeah. I'd be tempted to punish them by docking them their pick or something. 
I'm not a fair commissioner, though. Um, who's next on this? Dave? Uh, I'm taking the books. I don't see another any other reason. I'm, I'm been try, I've been trying to look for an upset. I, I do have one upset in this, but I'll, I'll get to that when it comes up. But um, I don't think, they don't think this is going to be the upset of the playoffs. So, okay. yeah, I'm taking the books. Rich? You know, the Bucks are interesting offense. They're kind of like a more efficient version of the Steelers. They're really one-dimensional. They're like second in passing and 29th in rushing. Mm. And the last time they played, that that Washington defense put a, did a number on them because they, you know, they they took down, they stopped what they what the Bucks do best. And I and I have a feeling I think they're going to do it again. I'm going to go with the Reds. Uh, whoa, Redskins. Whoa. I'm going to go with the Washington football team. Oh, nice. A lone wolf pick. Oh, okay. now, now Rich has done it. Now I feel like I could have done it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he had the bravery. Redskins, it's that. Come on, let's not get to that point, guys. Come on. <laughs> and Mike okay. Evans is out, right? Mike Evans is out. Yeah, that was unfortunate. And, and say it with me, kids. The way you beat Tom Brady is to put him under pressure. And Chase Young is pretty pretty lively. Oh, I'm switching. I'm going to the, the team. Oh, yeah! <laughs> I can't blame you. We had, a, we had like a, a midweek switch from Rich with the uh, the game score this week. So I can't I can't blame you for switching in on, on air. That's fine. Yeah, you didn't mention that. That's that's the only reason I'm still in the lead because I made a switch, huh? No, no. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't win any points anyway, so it's fine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, okay, the next game. I think the next game's interesting. We got the number three seed Seattle Seahawks against the division rivals, the number six seed LA Rams. This is interesting. I think it's going to be a great game. That's the one I'm looking forward to. It's on the Saturday, isn't it? I think I'm looking forward to that one on the Saturday. Am I right? Am I right? Oh, I haven't kind got of... the schedule. Which I don't know. The Saturday, I think it's at the nine o'clock on Saturday. The uh, Rams. Uh, I think I'm yes, right. Yes, it's Saturday. It's yeah, a Saturday. Yeah, that, that's the one I'm looking forward to on the Saturday game the most because I think those two like ours you know division rivals load of history played each other loads you know they know exactly what they're doing um but Goss struggling man I mean is he in the game do we know is he he's I think so I mean I think he's sort of on the edge because he's still though. recovering from that fair thumb he surgery, thumb surgery on Monday so yeah. like last Monday so it's gonna come I mean, down to it is it gonna come down to John Wolford who sounds like he's out of EastEnders <laughs> <laughs> but he played well didn't he I mean yeah he did uh, can't see that a, 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 a Wolford led player run. Maybe he's getting through the things, but um, I'm going Seahawks anyway. The Hawks have really not impressed me in the back half of the season. They, they came out like a house on fire, and then I don't know, like they just stopped. They just stopped having an offense for some reason. Yeah, well, it's interesting because uh, Allen and, and Wilson were both kind of making MVP cases, yeah, weren't they? Yeah. Sort of first third of the season, they both had their slump. And then Allen recovered, and, and Wilson hasn't really. I mean, Wilson and DK Metcalf for the first half of the season looked like the premium matchup. Mm. But yeah, I, just just because I, I refuse to trust the Rams this season, they've just really annoyed me when it comes to game picks and like just randomly just having days where they don't show up, and I can't stand Goff. So yeah, I'm gonna go uh, my boy Wilson uh, and the UK Seahawks podcast. Seems funny, doesn't it? Um, you know, we had. Winston and Mariota, both of them kind of flamed out. Now we've got Goff and Wentz both flaming out. Yeah. I mean, which way do you go with that, with those drafts? It's hard to oh, pick It doesn't matter. They're both, they're both going to be bad. Yeah. Hard to project. Uh, who's next on my little list here? Dave. Uh, this, is, this is my upset game, you see. Um, I'm, I'm with Sai. I've been 
unimpressed with the Seahawks in the latter half of the season. I mean, they lost to the Giants when they were still stumbling out of the blocks, for God's sake. It, it just, they're not beyond dropping a bollock, are they? they? They just they can look amazing one week and then just nothing's working the next. So I, I think this is, if there's going to be an upset, I felt this is going to be the one. So I'm taking the Rams. The Rams lost to the Jets, Dave. But okay. I know, but I'm I'm trying to go. I'm trying to find a, play, a a crease to go against everyone else. Where I think everyone else. No, no, I think, yeah, I understand. I understand. So, I'm just yeah. saying your point. I just made the counterpoint to your uh, Hawks losing to the Giants. Yes, yes, but anyway, a, a brave pick, and uh, I salute you for it, sir. Richard. <laughs> yeah, you know, honestly, I understand Dave's pick. This is a tough one for me too. Um, if the twelfth man is involved like they normally are in Seahawks playoff games, I take the Seahawks all day long. Not having fans is it's big, big deal for the home team. Um, man, um, I want to take the Rams, but I, I Russell Wilson really turns it up in the playoffs. I'm going to go with the Seahawks. Okay. Interesting that we've all gone – we've all decided we need to make one danger pick. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, someone else go first. We'll go reverse order. Uh, Rich, you start on the next one. Okay. Yeah. So the next game is the uh, plucky upstart number two seed Buffalo Bills, uh, who've made me look a fool this season already, uh, and the number seven seed Indianapolis Colts. I'm going to go Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Hard to pick against the Bills uh, in current form. Yeah, Dave. Yeah, I'm taking the Bills. They're on fire at the moment, aren't they? So you can't. I think the the money is the money's with them. Yeah, um, it, do you know it would be? I don't know. Yeah, I, I will take the Bills. It, it, they seem like they're the the hot team that everyone wants to talk about. But we've seen that happen before. With it. then that team can sometimes just lay an egg in the first round of the playoffs. But that's not that's not analytical. That's just you know, that's just nonsense talk. So yeah, we'll take the Bills. Although I'm kind of rooting for them to lose just because I was so critical of them. I, I want to be proven right, you know. <laughs> Sounds like you want to take them. Do you want to take them? They, uh, the uh, Colts? No, no. I'll stick with the Bills. No, can't, can't be persuaded? No. <laughs> I'd quite like the Colts to win um, purely because my friend Matt uh, supports them and I'd like to see him have some success. But on the other hand, I think the Bills deserve it and they, they you know, they've, they're, 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 you know, I'd like to see the Steelers get revenge as well for that uh, gruesome loss up in Buffalo. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, I'm going to go with the Bills too. It's right. worth pointing um, out that if the Bills win that game and we win, we would play the Bills, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's no easy route through this. No, yeah, no, it doesn't matter really who. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Because the next game is the uh, the four-seed Tennessee Titans, who won the AFC South, uh, and the wildcard Baltimore Ravens in the fifth seed. Mm. This is an interesting game. It is. You go first, though. I am going to take the... Titans. Mm-hmm. It's tough. It's a tough one. I think this is the hardest one to pick. I picked the Titans as well. I thought from from the four different sides of the ball, um, I think the Titans' offense is better than the Ravens' defense. Uh, Ravens' offense, but I think the Ravens' defense is better than a lot better than the Titans' defense. So logic would possibly lead me to think the Ravens but I just think with that with with King Henry I just I just think that they could possibly do them they could have a little run here 
So it, I'm going with the Titans. This might end up being a last score wins kind of game. Yeah. I think it's going to be a high scorer. Yeah. It's going to be a good one. I've gone with the Ravens. With uh, with Gab's logic that you should have yeah. gone with, maybe. Maybe. But like you say, I was trying to find I was trying to find an edge. I thought this could be the edge. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. I mean, if if the Titans get out in front early, you know, they could. Uh, that's been the story of the season for the Ravens, right? It's if you can get out in front of them, they they're easier team to beat. Yeah, and they're they're an offense that can score a lot of points. The Titans, so and it's nice to it's nice to see it's a veteran quarterback, you know, like like Tannehill, however, you know, second second phase of his career. So I'm kind of I'm kind of and, and it's the Ravens. So I, I want the Titans to win. Um, I'm not going to hide that either. You know, I'm going to be supporting. I'm going to be cheering on the Titans because I. I don't like the Ravens very much. So, uh, there's that element too. Uh, Rich? Yeah, this is an interesting game. You know, you have the number one rushing team in the NFL versus the number two. And um, something about, you know, Lamar Jackson's an NFL MVP, and he's the fifth NFL MVP to play against a team in the playoffs that he lost to the previous year. Huh. And. All four before him lost the, the, the rematch as well. Ooh. So based on that um, sound logic, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with the Titans. Whoa. The wow. Steelers podcast, three to one, picks the Titans to beat the Ravens. Who would have guessed that? Dave gets a lone wolf on the Ravens, who might yeah. be the favorites of this game. People seem really hot on the Ravens coming into the playoffs. Oh, so. Do you, does that mean you watch the uh, yeah, yeah. NFL Network pregame show too? Uh-woo. Uh-woo. My daughter particularly enjoys the Doom Doom and was, was quite disappointed this week that there was no Doom Dooms. If you know what I mean. What's the Doom Dooms? Where they go, where they do the lock of the week. They didn't do the lock. Oh, no one picked right. any locks. Right. So if they pick a lock, they go Doom Doom. 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 Anyway, yeah. Doom Doom. Um, okay. <laughs> and then right. the last game of the slate, I think... Uh, we might all have an answer for because the the three seed Steelers go against the six seed Browns, and we all gave a score for that already. So I imagine we've we're all picked. Unless anyone the... wants to, to, you know, does anyone want to counter their? Uh, score I'm taking pick? the Browns. No, <laughs> I'm taking the Steelers. <laughs> I mean, you could. It's a it's a game. It's a tactic. You could hedge your bets like that. No, no, I'm, I'm <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to either. Anyone else want to? No. Okay, fine. Okay. I've said. All square. Good. Well, good luck, everyone. It's an exciting game for us. Sorry, <laughs> listeners. Yeah, we'll, we'll fill you in at the at the end of the. We've not got many more opportunities for points, you know. Especially if the Steelers don't make it. So yeah. we could be then coming what? down to it. Yeah, and then it's just just brass tacks in, just the picks. Okay, uh, I think that just leaves us with uh, the, our final resting place. Four large dollars yet. Everything on them. Do you want onions on your set? I do. Plenty onions. You know, I'm always really aware that when we go into the kebab corner, that there's a whole group of new listeners, or probably American listeners, that just go, "What the hell are these British people talking about?" They they were they were talking about football a minute ago, and now they're talking about God knows what. But um, so I always feel like I have to explain a little bit what this is. Um, it's it's basically a, a part of the show where we all sort of let loose a bit, have a bit, a bit, a bit of fun, be a bit silly, and hopefully I haven't all switched off now. So, but hey, we're here. Um, quite often 
I, I sort of come up with a something to think about or a, a listener can and write can write in or send us a question about football or anything which someone has this week but we'll get to that in a minute because i have something for you to ponder uh, um a few things actually um you know when you go to the doctors and you have to be examined it's an awkward situation anyway isn't it where you have to take your clothes off um you know you go behind that curtain and you you take off what the doctors told you to take off your pants or whatever why do you have to go behind the curtain? Because he's going to come behind through the curtain in a minute and see you in the nip. So what's the point? Just is it is it is it to save the awkward eye contact of taking your clothes in front of the doctor? Is that what it's all about? I think you can prepare yourself. You know, it's like you can you can uh, uh, so you you don't have to. It's not like you know there's there's a there's a type of man out there, a type of male that goes for a, a naked uh, goes to a naked like poo. Oh no! Come on, not. talk some shit. There's there's a type of man out there that takes all his clothes off to go to the toilet, right? And uh, right. you don't want to go through that that moment, like you're saying, to so be, be completely naked, so you can recover yourself, and you know address. I don't, I don't you know, you can you can present the the, the area of issue to um, to the doc without revealing, you know, your other areas. I think that's why. Okay. No, it, it just it's always sort of confused me a little bit that you've you're going to see that, that part of your body anyway i mean i'm i'm not that i'm some sort of exhibitionist but like i've been in front of enough doctors that i'm not really it doesn't bother me anymore i've i've been examined and what have you and so it doesn't really you're both grown-ups you know it's it's not really an awkward situation for me but um yeah it just i find it a little bit weird that you have to go behind a curtain and then, then they come around about two seconds later and look at that body part anyway um the other thing was, you know, how evil was the person who names mental disorders? Because the guy who, like, you know, the, the speech impediment where you can't say the letter S properly, the lisp, they put an S in it. That's evil, right? Yeah. And they put, and they also put two M's and two T's in stammer and stutter. <laughs> that's 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 pretty cruel, right? And then they they. They they went well. How do we spell dyslexia? I'll make it really hard because they can't spell these guys. You got to make it as hard as possible. Put an, throw an X in there, put a Y in there. That's actually an I. It's I, I don't understand it. It's, it's it's evil. Oh yeah. Anyway, that's that's the that's just a rant really. But um yeah, we've been sent a question by uh, super fan super fan Matt is back with another question. Are we are we ready for this? It's is this Matt? Which 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 Matt is this? Matt Audley, super fan, right? Ah, more. So, yeah. Yes. Um, so he says, um, here's a question for the legendary Kebab Corner. Thank you for the, uh, um, what's the word? Gratification? Is that the word? Uh, I don't you think that's the that. word. Audulation? Unless you're in the doctor's surgery again. I don't know. I can't think of the word. Anyway, um, he says, with the Hall of Fame announcement this week, what would you guys rather be remembered as? A Super Bowl winner a second slash third stringer where hardly anybody knows your name for the right reasons and attends OBJ style boat parties and beats up your trainer or a Hall of Fame player with broken stats won the Walter Payton Man of the Year award but never won a Super Bowl or even got close to the playoffs mm-hmm. so basically it's like you could either be remembered as an asshole who was average or a decent person who never really did anything. 
I know what I know what which outcome would would be likely for me to be, which is the second one, because I'm usually you know an okay player on bad teams, so that that would be, I think that would suit me, suit my life so far. So I'll go with that one. So you want the Walter Payton Man of the Year? I'm not saying I want it. I'm just saying I think that's what would happen. To me. <laughs> Having forty plus years of experience in my life. I think that's what would happen out of the two. I don't think I would just walk my way onto a Super Bowl team, is what I'm saying. No. I mean, I don't think I'd be... I mean, I've done some stupid stuff. I don't think I'd be stupid enough to sort of, like, do things that are really violent and make people hate me. But then, I don't know, maybe I would. But I'd, I'd probably end up as the... Like, yourself, end up as the second one, as a per, sort of person who never really does anything, but is considered to be an all right person, I think. How about you guys? Sorry, Rich. I think I would end up being the Antonio Brown type. (laughs) Massive diva. Yeah, I just think, you know, as much as I'd like to pretend that I wouldn't, I think, you know, once I'd, you know, got that MVP, you know, maybe got that Super Bowl, I might be tossing couches off, you know, 40th story apartment balconies, you know, if someone didn't bring me the right coffee. Well, it's funny because AB could be both of those people. Because he never won a Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, yeah, he was he was the best player in the league on a team that didn't win anything. So, but also he was the kind of star player diva on a team that had some success. So you could you could make the case. It's almost like Heinz Ward again. It's Heinz, would you rather be Heinz Ward or, or Megatron? Mm. Mm-hmm. Or, or not even Heinz Ward. Um, someone even lower down the the pecking order. I don't know Jericho Cotchery. Tough one. I'd rather be Heinz Ward, I think. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather be a Larry Fitzgerald type, though, right? He's a classic example of what you're talking about here, though. Yeah. Like a Hall of Fame yeah. guy, never made the... Has he made the playoffs? I don't think he has, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, he lost in the Super Bowl to the Steelers. Oh, of course he has, yeah, bloody hell. Um, but yeah, the, the Cardinals have not won a Super Bowl at all, so... No. He's uh, never had the chance, but... Well, I suppose he's had the chance, but he's never... But it's a good point, because that was that was fairly... Was that his rookie season? It was quite early on in his career, anyway. That's who he's. I don't think they've been. But did they? They had a playoff run with Palmer, didn't they? As well. Mm. Or did they? Did they? Did they, did they lose in a wild card round that year? I can't remember the year they were on uh, all or nothing. So yeah, but I get your point completely. Yeah, the Cardinals been yeah. in the playoffs loads that I don't know. <laughs> no, nah, they haven't been those times. Picture of like yeah. rounds though. But yeah, what you mean is like he's the, he's the best player on a team for like a decade and a half. Yeah, and... but he's never. Yeah. Got the ring. Mm. But he'll at the end of the day he'll be remembered as the legend, right? Mm. Yeah. How about you, Rich? This is this one. There really isn't a good answer for me on this one. Um, I, you know, whatever I do, I strive to to be the best or as close to the best as I can. I, I definitely don't want to be mediocre at anything. You know, even though I'm sure I am at plenty of things, but that's not what I strive for. Um, and I definitely don't want to be an asshole ever, <laughs> you know. So, I mean, I guess, you know, if I had to only pick between the two, I would rather not be the asshole than just, you know, the mediocre guy. It's first ballot or nothing for you, Rich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Rich goes non-asshole. Well, yeah, that, that was that was all the goodbye call. Thank you for listening to, to my nonsense for a little bit, everyone. Um, Jeez, yeah. I was well wrong on on the 
Jeez, he's playing for a long time. You forget, man. Larry Fitz was drafted the same year as Ben. Jeez. Ooh, right. 2004. Mm. So that was well on. Well out of that. Yeah. Yeah, if, if you do have anything you'd like to ask, I mean, even if it's something pertaining to the team, to Steelers, or to even question our takes on something, to give you a counterpoint, like maybe you've said that a punter's really good or has uh, made massive progressions in the last season. You know, <laughs> come back with your with your rebuttal or something you know you know we we, we are open and inviting to everyone so or, or, your... or some of our food takes are wrong you know the yeah. tackles on that absolutely the, the, you can't forget Narn gate or whatever it was Pittergate. oh yeah that was that was a big deal just yeah uh, okay. absolutely ridiculous <laughs> absolutely ridiculous <laughs> i'm really right. stoked that fire <laughs> right let's wrap it up um Follow the show at UK Steelers Pod. Follow me at Cy Wrote This. Follow Gav at GM Boomop and Dave at This Is Dave Hart, all on Twitter. And follow Rich on Instagram at Stunt underscore Batman. And this time next week, we'll be back and we'll either uh, be still in the playoffs and be looking forward to a new game or it'll be a very different show. But <laughs> let's hope that we come back uh, 1 0 in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. See you later. Let's, let's go. Let's do it. Let's go. Go Steelers. Here we go, Steelers. Go Steelers. Go Steelers.